episode 57. Let our final stand be recorded to the histories and let it be shown that we chose to die on our feet rather than live on our knees. I'm Asus. The man on the other side of the mic is my friend EC. EC, how you doing? What's going on, Asus? How you been, brother? Uh, we're here. We're here. Uh, and we have a special guest, a returning guest, a returning champion, I guess you could say, to the podcast. The man, always was, champion, always champion. Uh, the man that was on our 50th episode, Mr. Dakota from San Francisco, don't no, San Diego. San Diego, come on, man. <laughs> I know it's a Saint something, right? It's Saint Diego. <laughs> it's not the what is it? The whale's penis or something like that? It's a rose vagina. Whatnot, what it, it, it's whale's vagina. Whale's vagina. Been in 1904 yeah. by the Germans. <laughs> what the hell am I saying? Yes, God. Mr. Dakota. Good to have you back, boss. How you doing? <laughs> good. I'm I'm doing great. Good. Um doing doing great. I mean, All I, things I think considered. everybody's dancing, dancing, dancing today. Of obviously the news that has come down um, with our club and all clubs, I guess world football or European football is probably your uh, world. Europe, European football fans and world fans are probably the biggest winners today, and we're going to get to it. Uh, obviously, with the news coming, with the what happened with the Super League uh, debacle, if you want to call it that, um, but. Obviously, we're going to have uh, Hunter Taylor on, and I want to get his, you know, his position on. So I'm kind of going against all the um, journalism, radio edicts, and not. I'm burying the lead. Yes, I'm going to bury the lead for right now, uh, because I want to get the our our. Hopefully, Hunter calls in about nine o'clock. He's um, he's working right now, so uh, get him get him uh, and get him to um, talk about it. He's a Chelsea fan. Uh, so let's talk the two past the United matches, the Granada match and the Burling match, and um, and then we'll get in, we'll get into the big news. The big news today. Um, what do you what are y'all's opinions? Um, again, because EC and I almost got a fisticuffs on on a, on, on, a, on the phone. Uh, on the phone uh, was it last was last when the. the Last Thursday. Thursday night. Or right? just past Thursday. I called Thursday. I think we talked Friday, but I think it was it like was, Thursday. It was Thursday or night. It was Thursday night. I had been drinking, obviously, you know, like I always do. Um, and I watched the match in replay. Didn't watch it live because I, I mean, I was working. Um, and just because EC has a has a tendency to text me mess to text message me, um, is you know his feelings about the match, um, the Granada match. I'm going to give you, I want to hear y'all's, you know, y'all's opinion on the Granada match. And then I'm going to give you mine. And obviously, um, because I've been beaten up by EC, I've been beaten, on, beaten up by Matt on my opinion of it. And I, I want to hear what y'all say. And I'm going to let you know my opinion. And I'm, 
obviously you're probably going to get beaten up on social media of, of, of the goal that happened uh, that happened against Granada. But your feelings, guys, tell me. Um, we're we're on to AS Roma uh, in the in, in the in the semis. Um, we um, we went through. We came through at Old Trafford. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay they lay that out there, and I'm gonna give you my rebuttal. Dakota, I'll let you go first since you're a guest. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of just, you know surface two 0 win for United over Granada. Uh, Rashford, 31st minute, nice little strike. And then Bruno with the um, penalty to basically cap off the match. Uh, it was, in my opinion, probably an um, obvious penalty. Uh, 13 shots on goal for United. Uh, 13 shots total for United, three on target. Granada, 11 shots, 11 shots total, three on target. Obviously, United is a lion's share of possession. It was, I expected United to come in uh, and kind of. Play a typical, you know, I'm going to necessarily say, kind of a possession-based team a match against Granada. We pretty much had it in had the you know the quarterfinal in the bag already. It was just everything that happened over the match was icing on the cake. Um, it was. It, I still would have thought that Bruno would have had the match off. He's obviously exhausted he played three matches with portugal over the break over the over the international break he's still playing match in match out now he's obviously tired he needs it yeah i thought this would be the match that get that that he takes a break and give you know van der beek you know a much a start to see what he can do um and um, I don't know. It's 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 a nice win. Uh, I would say it's a typical United win. Is the best way to put it. Uh, it's nice to see. It's it's nice to not see Arsenal in you know the semifinal. I think <laughs> perhaps that. Well, it, 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 well, it's not. It's so much. I want to see Arsenal in the final. I want to see an All England Europa League final. Uh, if you remember, we look back several years ago. Uh, English clubs could barely get past, uh, you know, get far in the in you know European turn European UEFA League and uh, Europa League and the Champions League. Uh, United, uh, English clubs couldn't go very far. Obviously, now Liverpool made you know made the Champions League twice, final twice in a the year. They won one uh, two years ago. It was an all England Europa League and Champions League uh, final. Uh, we there's still that opportunity uh, for this year. Um, it, I, it's it's looking pretty good for United um, right now. Rome is going to be no pushover by any means of the imagination. That's going to be a very difficult opponent. They have they have a very good midfield. They have a very good attack. They move the ball really well. I am really interested in seeing these next two uh, Europa League matches for United. Chris Mulling, again, are we facing an old, uh, uh, I guess you could say a jilted lover, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> right? I mean, is he uh, is he out for blood? He's still hurt, no, or is he back? He's back from what I understand. That, that would be interesting to kind of see him play. I know, I know there are some in the fan base that think um, he's somebody that, you know, they actually thought about bringing Recalling. back. I don't agree with that. I think mm-hmm. that we need to go out into the market and find a center back, but you will have Mkhitaryan. He will be playing. And then um, obviously Jekyll up front, I think will be a problem with, 
our, our center backs are just, they're kind of hit or miss. I think Harry Maguire in that last game didn't really cover himself in glory uh, with the one goal that, that we did give up. So it'll be interesting to see some, 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 some familiar faces. Um, and it, it like, uh, like Dakota says, it'll definitely won't be a pushover. They'll definitely be gunning for it. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we come out and don't, don't start slow. Um, that's, that's typically our MO. So hopefully we come out uh, guns blazing. Agreed. I agree in the assessment of everything you all talked about. Uh, the Rashford goal, again, you know, everything that, you know, Rashford needs to sit. And I, I, I've been on this other, I've been on this kick to where he's hurt and this one is going to run him to the ground, just like Bruno. And you said it, you, you hit, you hit the head, of, you know, you nail on the head of Dakota that you see Bruno tired. I think he's, I think he's not playing as well as he should be. I mean, he needs to be sat down. Um, Pogba, I know, I know EC's probably going to fit, you know, slip out of, you know, jump out of his seat. Cause when I say this, Pogba needs to be playing that position of the number 10 position or Donnie, uh, because Bruno need, needs a rest and he needs, you know, come in uh, as a sub, you know, and, and, and do what he does. But he, obviously right. Ole, Ole trusts him on the offense and defensive side. So obviously that's why he's not trusting Pogba to do what he, you know Pogba need, you know play in that position. So you know he's going to run him into the ground. Just like when I saw the lineup, I was pissed. When I saw Rashford in the lineup, I was like, dude, what are you doing? We already have you know we already have you know we're two up, you know, play the kids. I mean I think we, you know we we talked about it. he brought uh, these kids on Ethan you know uh, God damn it what are the kids names. Um, Ahmad Diallo's one. Uh, he's probably the. He's probably he's an eighteen-year-old wonder kid. Ethan Laird. Yeah. Brought up uh, these. You know, uh, there was another midfielder that they brought up. Obviously, I knew. I didn't think they were going to start. I just thought they were going to see the pitch, and he didn't. Right. You know, uh, Bruno. I mean, Mata was on the ma- on the bench. Ilanga was another one. Yeah, Ilanga. Yeah, Ilanga. That's the one. That's the one that that, you know, that we're talking. That I, I meant not Laird. Uh, Mata could have played in the number ten position. Not Mata could play in the number ten position like Bruno can. I mean, when Mata plays in that ten hole, which is the number ten, he could have. You know, I think he could still do what Mata does. You know, better than it. It, it, it kind of comes back to like you know, your Bruno is our quintessential number ten. Everything comes through Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, it comes back to the question of why did we get rid of Jesse Lingard in the first place? That's a to- that's somewhat of a different discussion, but it's along that same lines of okay, what if Bruno needs a match or two off, which everyone everyone knows he needs a match mm-hmm. or two off. You know, Jesse Lingard could have easily at least put in you know some sort of effort into you know you know. Given us 60, 70 minutes, you know, of a shift, and then you can throw in Bruno for the last ten or twenty, or you can bring in Juan Mata, I think or on, or, on or Van der Beek, you know, for that for that extra amount of time. We have a log jam at that position. You know, we have Bruno Fernandez, we have Paul Pogba, we have Juan Mata. But I mean, Donny Van der Beek. Everybody says that he needs to play over up, up the role. He plays a tiki taka, you know, you know, game. So obviously, in whatever style. And this is going to piss me off because uh, on the second match, Ole 
went offensive and which we've all been clamoring for against against Burnley. The second half Burnley, he brings on Cavani and has you know he has McTominay, you know yeah, but yet he's offensive. So this, I mean, it, that's what I I don't understand with Ola's mindset is we can go offensive and have have a good game. So you know Donnie can play the number ten position. Um, Mata, as old as he is. As 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 you know, not he's not as fast, he's not as quick as he used to be. But Mate can put passes in the dime. That's a thing, I, and he can put passes where I mean he's so smart. So yes, I understand the Jesse Lingard thing. I just think that I think that that ship had sailed in in personality, you know, and what you know with Jesse, you know, just it's like the Deli Alley thing in, in Tottenham, you know, in Tottenham, right? I mean, it, it, those are probably two similar stories that just, you know, the, the, the rise and fall of these two, these two players that had the potential. I mean, they played for England, God, for God's sake, right? And then, I mean, now look at them. I mean, they need to get away from, you know, they need, uh, Jesse needed to get away from Manchester United to thrive. So does Deli Alli. Deli Alli needs to leave Tottenham to thrive. It's under Mourinho, under Pochettino, I mean, there's still things. I mean, Delhi had this rise, and now he has his fall. Um, I think we just have a log jam at that number ten position. We have not filled the right wing or left wing. Technically, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's just that's that's the thing. It's just that we have so many people trying to play the same position, and we don't have people to play other positions of need. I wouldn't necessarily call it a log jam. Um, everyone kind of has their strengths and weaknesses. Like I would say, obviously, Bruno is the top guy there. Mata can has its own strengths. He can pass. He, his positioning is mm-hmm. some of the best that United, United has, has had in quite some time and continues to show it, even, even when he's up there in age. Um uh, Jesse Lingard's moves in the channel. He can he can play the flanks if necessary. Uh, James Vanderbeek can play anywhere on the midfield. He can play as an eight, as a ten, as a six. Um, you know, he can even play the wing if you want him to play the wing for a match. Uh, it's not as ammo, but he can play it. Um, I think Ole's weakness is not playing to everyone's strengths. Um, sometimes he just wants to throw 11 out there just to say, my best 11 versus your best 11, let's go. That's not necessarily how you play football. Uh, the best way you're playing football is you play your positions, you play tactically, you play for certain certain players who can do certain things with the hope, with the hope that, you know, you can unlock the, you know, the team that you're playing, their defense, their midfield. Um, Ole doesn't do a very good job of that. Um, there's glimpses of 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 um, of uh, hope, you know, or uh, times where he did outclass the manager, namely against Spurs. He, he that was a that was a tactical masterclass by Ole. Um, but we didn't necessarily see that with Granada. We didn't nec- we didn't necessarily see that with Burnley. Not necessarily mean that he wasn't. He didn't have to be a tactical masterclass. Neither of those matches, you know, we had the players to pull, you know, pull, to win. It's more so that he doesn't he, he doesn't manage the squad in the terms of in terms of he doesn't manage the roster uh, very well. 
um, in terms of um, playing the right players at the right time in the right positions. And I think that's what happened with especially the number 10 role where you rely on, on Bruno so much mm-hmm. to where you don't think about what if Bruno's tired? Who am I going to plug in to put in a shift? And you just keep on relying on him. And like you just said, uh, you just eventually you're going to run him to the ground because at some point um, it's going to have to get, he's going to have to give and something's going to break. You see it with Rashford right now, period. Rashford, Rashford, same, Rashford, same deal, same, yeah. same, exact same situation. Man's in, man's been injured since last season. Yeah. Ever since he had the, had the, I think it was a broken the vertebrae, side, as I recall. He's, he's never been a hundred percent, even through the, 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 the period between March and June of uh, 2020, when, when, uh, COVID, uh, shut everything down. Yeah. He was still never a hundred percent. And then now we expect him to finish off a season and then go to the Euros right afterward. And he's expected to um, man man that front line yeah. alongside Harry Kane and perhaps Jack Grealish and uh, whomever else, uh, Jado Sancho. And we expect them to put on world-renowned performances and help England win, win the Euro. Mm-hmm. You know, at what point do you say, Take the month off. Take two months off. Screw the euros. Do you do? Does Ole do that? Does does he pull so Alex and pull um, Rashford out of the euros? No, no, he doesn't. He, <coughs> he has no clout to do that. Pretty much, because every every I mean every player, especially with English players, every I mean every international wants they want to play with their initial international club. Obviously, you know I mean. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know. I mean, he was hurt, and then he still practiced for England, you know. And they, and then he ended up getting, you know, hurt, so he had to withdraw from the England squad. I mean, who, a, a reasonable manager, a, a manager that has clout, would have told Gareth Southgate, "Go kick some rocks, boss. This dude's staying here. He's staying in the training room, and I don't care what what the hell you say. He's gonna, you know. But he's a class player, so you know you're gonna, you know you're gonna, when the Euros come around, you're gonna pick him." But right now he's hurt. Ole doesn't have that clout, and you see. I mean, you see it. I mean, with um, with other players, you know. What I mean, you think what the Pogba was injured, he still went to go play with the France team, things like that. He just he does not have that 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 the cachet, I guess you could mm-hmm. you could say amongst amongst world football managers. So yes, and what he's doing to Pogba, what he's doing, I'm mean, Pogba, um, what he's doing to Rashford, Bruno, <laughs> and dude, Harry is sooner or later gonna crack down. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, the dude plays week in and week out every freaking game. Yes, he's our captain, and we'll talk about that. You know I mean, I mean, to what it that is, um, he's our captain. But the dude still plays week in and week out, and that's gonna get old. You know, he's gonna get broken down as well. And Luke Shaw, I mean, I would think, I mean, I mean, he is. He's putting Luke Shaw. He's you know he's putting the subs in for him. You know, but um, Luke Shaw with his injury history, he's you know at least he's substituting Tejas in in those European matches, but he's gonna break down Luke Shaw too. The fact that the guy can't trust his own players, I think that's the that's the key, and it, I don't know if that's an older problem or a player problem, but it needs to be resolved. It's a little bit of both. I, I you, you this season is a very. Uh, unusual season considering you have to basically manage 38 matches in the course of seven or eight months as opposed to 38 matches in the course of 10 months you know it's it it's 
at the same token, you, you still need to build a team and anticipation to, and that you're going to play so many matches in such a short amount of time. Um, so it is a little bit of both. I I, th- I don't know who to blame more. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much blame to go around. But at the same token, yeah, we're one of 19 other clubs in the Premier League that has to go through this, this same exact thing. Who are managing? Who have to manage their own squad, their own players? You know the fact that they're. I'm sure there's so many other players on so many other teams that are also experiencing the same issue right now. Whether just teams yeah. are just absolutely gas and cannot wait for the end of May, where they can just lounge on the beach and chill for two months. But unfortunately, we have the Euros. That's the whole thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 and, 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 and it's then, just right. And, 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 and the, the fact that you play up, it, you know, and then a year after this, a World Cup. So our, I mean, we have no. There's no rest. Period. For top, for top clubs that have top players or are, are international players, this is gonna. I mean, this two year stretch is gonna is really gonna mess them up. And last year, they they did so much disservice having that Europeans nation bullshit. You know, uh, um, the nations uh, cup, the nations, nations yeah, cup, right. That uh, did it really serve any purpose? No, it didn't. It served purpose for them to lay their pockets, which we'll get into exactly. later. Exactly. Yes. 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 I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about that. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just pisses me off so much when COVID could have been a blessing in disguise, but then we just water it down with, you know, you know, rushing our players in and Liverpool. I mean, that's their biggest excuse right now. It's like, well, we didn't have a preseason. I mean, now we have so many people hurt, and that's why we're outside the top four, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, suck it up, Buttercup. I mean, we were hurt last year, too. I mean, you have to deal with injuries. That's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody laughed at me when I had my first. We have the the, 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 the beginning of the season podcast, and I said Liverpool were frauds because the fact that they went, out, <laughs> they went through last year without injury-free, period. Like other clubs didn't have that, and they didn't have to go through the struggle of having injuries. So yes, I knew I knew Liverpool weren't going to have this great season, and because they everything comes around, bad things come around. But anyways, um, where I want to get into an argument with both of y'all because I, I love getting arguments is the no goal by Cavani. Right, we had the uh, McTominay. What is it? The was that was that the game before the hand? Which game are you talking about? That was the uh, yeah. I was gonna say that was that's the uh, that was Spurs, I believe. What uh, which game was it when the when when Paul Pogba had that um, that uh, back pa- the back pass with the uh, his crown of his head? You see, when you and I got in our argument, Sukavani. Yeah, I think that was the Granada game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was or was Granada that the Spurs game? game? That was Granada. I should. You may have been right. Yeah, I think that was the Granada game. Six minutes in. Yeah, six minutes. Yeah, you're right. I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And you see, you said that was a deliberate pass by Mr. I mean, this is the only time I'm going to talk about Paul Pogba, and the only reason I'm bringing up guys because I'm getting crushed. I'm getting crushed by the fact that I thought it was, you know, it was, it was a lucky, you know, he he made the effort, you know, in getting this, you know, getting the, you know, the cross. You know, he hit it with the top of his head, but EC just EC and Matt and everybody and their mother have just said, no, that was a deliberate pass by Paul Pogba to Cavani, and Cavani, you know, made an di- awesome play and blah, 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 blah. Dakota, 
you be the uh, deciding factor of if I'm full of shit or not. Was that a deliberate pass uh, by by Mr. Paul Pogba to Cavani with that you know crown of the head you know you know you know pass by on the top and his eyes were closed and you know he had his blanket with him and everything. What was it? Was it a real pass by Paul Pogba? Um. Knowing Paul Bubba, he's known for making those kind of passes. I would like to think that it was intentional. Uh-huh. I mean, he he makes a, he makes those passes in his sleep. You know, he, he's known for that. He's known for that, and 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 they're, and, and they're somehow, some way, they're insanely accurate. I. Yeah, because that's what Paul Pogba does. You know, he's, he does because he's, he's a class player, like uh-huh. you're saying. Okay, and it's difficult for people to understand. Pogba's not the only person in the world that can do that. By the way, mm-hmm. there are other players out there who know how to know where players are before they receive the ball, okay. and know how to flick the ball where they were supposed to flick the ball to, and give credit to Cavani as well for being where he's supposed to be. So I don't think there's a lot a large debate about whether or not Pogba can make that pass. As Dakota said, and he's seen him play before, he does it a lot. <laughs> All right, Dakota, uh, on behalf of VC, I need you to, you, you need to tell me something. You need to tell sure. me I'm full of shit, and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You're full of shit. All right. All right. There, <laughs> we, there we go, you see. There you go, you see. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that, that argument to bed. Um, yes, let's I'll, move on. I will go down to my grave and say it's a lucky pass. But anyways, uh, let's get on to Burnley. Uh, first half of Burnley, I mean, we had 75% of possession against Burnley. We couldn't freaking, I mean, we couldn't hit a barn door if we wanted to. Uh, we had a lot of shots. You know, Bruno was active. Um, but second half, the reason I want to talk about second half because it was a, it was a change in tactics, I guess you could say. Uh, he brings off Fred at halftime. Brings on Cavani. And that thing, I think it opened up and more attacking options, um, with um, you know with Rashford, even Pogba. I think he dropped back a little bit, playing the defensive role, some sort. But it was still events. He played more as like a deep lying playmaker, which is just one of those positions yeah. that he that he he basically plays at when he was at the French national team. That's basically what all he did. Um, no, he had him play as that in, in that deep lying, not that kind of six eight hybrid position that he does really well with the French team. And and it worked and it worked wonders. It was yeah. a, it was a great tactical switch by Ole. I agree because I mean, it, when you move, you moved Rashford out there. He just was destroying. God. I mean, the, it was it was so nice to finally see him go at players and nutmeg players. Like he wasn't even trying. It looked like I mean, that tactic, that tactical move. I, I feel like really changed the game and really opened it up um, to have him out there on the left to see him do what he was doing. I know, and I agree with you, Jesus. I think he is hurt, and I would love to see him take a break. But that was the thing of beauty that second half. Dude. I mean, he just was destroying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that left side just doing whatever he wanted to do, and then having Luke Shaw right there with you, overlapping. It was it was a thing of beauty to see those two when they're vibing and when they're in form. Yes. Those guys are really difficult to to have to play against, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys um, for the rest of this season. Because for me, Luke Shaw is the player of the season, and Rashford. I know he doesn't score as many as others would like, but that's back to back seasons with 20 goals for him now, and so. It's really good to see a young kid like him do it on the field, do it off the field, speak up for us. You know, I, I, he's just 
just class all the way around for that for, for that guy. This is what I want everybody everybody hopefully all our fans call call me a hypocrite. I don't give a shit. because um, I've said about Rashford needs to sit, needs to sit. But you're exactly right, guys. The dude was just second half master class. I I had I had to think to myself, okay, who would is a man of the match? Obviously Mason Greenwood, you know, his nuts dropped a little further, you know, this match. Um, and he was, he was a killer. The dude's a stone cold assassin. Um, Cavani, he just, you know, when he came on, the, 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 the way he switched to play, the, the runs he made, you know, even he opened it up a lot. Um, it's just, I had a, I had a hard time, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be the man of the match. And I know, I think Mason Greenwood got the man of the match for the club. I think Rashford was kind of like the, the, the driving force. Him and Luke Shaw. I, I always say, Luke, what what Luke Luke Shaw has done this year. I think every every week, week in and week out, he he's up for man of the match. You know, it's very hard. You know, it's very it's very difficult. You know, not to not to give it to him because he's you know doing his defensive work and he and he's getting up the pitch. Uh, but what Rashford did, and like you said, we're talking about he's hurt. You know, he's coming off injury. Uh, what he did this match, in the second half was just. I was I my jaw dropped watching that. I'm like, dude, how the hell you you're hurt and you still make those runs, you still make those passes. I mean, you still make you're still you know on you know you're still hitting your shots. Uh, Bruno, I mean, goddamn, I mean, Bruno was peppering the damn, you know, you know, making the goalie work and um, got, I mean, they just they just didn't go in, you know. Uh, uh, it's just and then Greenwood. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I already said my piece about Greenwood, but <laughs> I just, um, I very, I had a hard time finding uh, who the man of the match is. I'm probably going to give everybody, um, you know, the defense. I give them sixes, you know, especially the the Lindelof McGuire kind of. I can't really blame Aaron Wamba soccer for the goal, uh, you, you know, just. I, I actually blame Harry Maguire for the goal, but Aaron Wambasaka was was marking the man. Uh, Krofsky, I forgot his guy's the man's name, the the player's name, but I I don't fault that for Aaron Wambasaka. I, I fault that for you know somebody that you know like uh, like um, like um, Harry. So I I give them the six. You know the the, the you know uh, give obviously Luke Shaw. I give him a you know a, a seven. Uh, Aaron Wambasaka, you know six as well. I mean, he played well. Um, Pogba, give him a seven. Bruno, I'm borderline. I'll give him a seven because he, you know, obviously, you know, no assist, no goals. But Rashford, I mean, I give him an eight. I mean, and then it's kind of like a debate whether I should give um, uh, uh, Greenwood a nine because uh, obviously he scored two goals. And then Cavani, I give him an eight as well for what he's for what he did. Fred, I mean, Fred McTominay. Eh, we'll give him a, you know, average six, right? Six or five. You know, I mean, McTominay did well, especially when Fred went off defensively. But, I mean, it's just, you know, one of those things. Um, Are we not going to talk about the, the the first goal where Bruno Fernandez, uh, basically Bruno Fernandez basically allows the ball to yeah. just roll past yes. his legs, allowing yeah. Why, uh, Gr- Ron Greenwood to yeah. basically 
go on on challenge. You you say that, and I'm pissed off because I'm on a fantasy league. I have Bruno Fernandez. Is that not? Is that Get not out of here with is your that fantasy. an assist? Is that an assist because it's a dummy pass, right? No, no. it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, the assist went to Rashford, but it did go to Rashford. It should have gone to Bruno. That I mean, he could have. I mean, that's a. I mean, this dummy pass, right? No, no, no I, live, no, I mean. No, no. Okay, no, bro. I love you. God, that was I love you, but I, I want the points. I want the points. You need to fight for me. I love you to death, <laughs> but I can't. I can't give you that assist. But it was a great <laughs> no look dummy, whatever exactly. you want to call it, from Bruno. Yes, yes. Um, I'm, it's so good to see um, Mason back in form again. Um, I hope that this continues for the rest of the season and and continues to go on all throughout. I, I actually, I hope he gets an England shout. I really do even though I want players to rest, I think he deserves it. I think he kind of got screwed over a little bit with that deal. I know he screwed up. He was, he was chilling with the girls in the lobby. I get that. But, um, Phil Foden too, just, man. That, that's his double standard, boss. Well, just, Phil Foden's like, is, 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 oh my God, BFF basically. Right. So I just, I just, I, it was really good to see Rashford playing well. It was really good to see Mason score one goal, one, maybe one lucky goal. It took a deflection. Um, but you know, the team's in form right now. We're winning games that we need to be winning. That's what you want to see. I think top four is clearly uh, solid. We're, we're, we're good to go for Champions League uh, next year. And so I just, it's just, it's good to see that for me anyways, I don't know about you guys, but last year when we gave up a goal, I always felt like, well, crap, it's going to be a draw or we lose. Mm-hmm. This year, I feel like, when are we going to score again? That's kind of my, my, my confidence has gone through the watching this team play. Especially so, against lower level teams, you see, you're exactly yeah. damn right. Well, mean, well, what's interesting is, you know, go, being at the pubs, being around, you know, other United supporters, it, it's the way you just said. It's like, okay, we score one. When are we going to score two? When's the third one going to come? And then the equalizer comes in. And, and then the mindset with, with, you know, everyone else hanging out, I, I was with at, you know, at the pub on this past Sunday was, when are we going to get the breakthrough? When are we going to get number two? And then eventually, when are we going to get number three? It's no longer uh, crab. Are we going to hold? We, right. we better hold on to this lead because we don't know. We don't think we'll get the second one. It's not that mindset anymore, and that's that. And, and we've had that mindset for such a long time. We have now. It's back to what it was when when Sir Alex ran the ran the club. It was basically when are we going to get two? When are we going to get three? Let's get four. Why the hell not? It, right. it, that's that's a good mindset to have. It's. It's a positive mindset to have, knowing that we can go every match and say we're going to win this damn thing. Right, and I and and that's and I put my hand up because, like I say, I talk a lot of crap about Ole, but I think he does deserve some credit for that. I do know the players are out there playing, and I know they're working hard. Um, but I, for me, I haven't felt this way to Dakota's point probably since Sir Alex left, where I don't think, well, damn it, I just think, okay, we if we keep playing hard, we're going to be able to get back into this game. So. Fair play to him when he when he when he screws up and he does something tactically I don't like I come on here and I run my mouth so you know when he when he has the players pumped up when he has them motivated and and, and ready to roll I've got to give him his props uh, when they're due. Even when Donny Venerby came on, I that play with Cavani the the build up play to that it was just we have for the third goal the third yeah. goal I mean it was just yeah you didn't see that too much it's, you don't see that often enough to where. We have that, you know, the passing and, you know, the in in and out kind of thing. It's just well, uh, think it's if just, he gets his players. Think if he gets back by the board and gets the players that he wants. We'll talk about that, that shit here in a bit. That's when, What's uh, funny is that you know the last two Premier League matches. You know, I'll, I'll start with back, going kind of a little backwards with Spurs. Donny Vanderbeek comes on, 
uh, Ollie tells him, get us a goal. Look what happened. He got us a goal. Yeah, he, he didn't score it, but it, it yeah, but had it not hit. I think I think I remember who hit, whose head I think it was Bruno's head that went off, or who was it? Mason Green. I forgot who who, who scored that goal. But it was that it was Donnie Vanderbeek behind him. If it wasn't who's it wasn't the other guy in front of him, it was gonna be Donnie Vanderbeek scored that goal. Right. Same thing here with Burnley. You know, Donnie Vanderbeek comes on, he gets him number three. You know, the end the, to uh, gets the assist for goal number three to basically cap off the match. Right. You know, that's that's the that's 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 a good that's a good thing that you know be able to have it'll have. It's like you can have a midfielder come on to replace someone and impact the the, the rest of the match. You know, hopefully Dan Donnie Vanderbeek does continue to do that as we uh, as we head towards the end of the season. As that he can be that impact sub, not necessarily getting the goal, not necessarily getting the assist, but his mere presence to get the rest of the team in that position to score that goal, that, that next goal. Uh, that's what I see him being for the rest of the season. Now, n- next season, a whole other story. We don't know what's going to happen there, mm-hmm. but th- I'm just looking at this season. Let's continue. Let's have him continue to be that impact player that he that we that he can show that he is. No, I agree with that 100%. I, it's his first year, so I'm not writing him off. Hopefully he comes through. He's obviously a good football player, so you know, hopefully they can stick with him and he can learn the system and figure out what Ole wants and go out there and just play and not think so much, just kind of just go out there and play. No, Sometimes yeah. you don't think. You, it's, it's like dancing. You know, you, When you dance, you don't think. When you think, you screw up. Right. You know, just do. Just do it. Just have fun. I said, I that I took that was that was a Michael Jackson thing. It's like the, one of the best dancers in the world. You, when you uh, when you dance, you don't think. You don't think of anything. You just do. Same thing with football. You don't think. You just do. And, and once he gets comfortable, I think he's going to do a lot more of that. I hope anyway. I, I wish I wish the best for the kid because he, like he's young, coming to a big squad, and so you just got to hope that he can turn it on next season and, and, and keep it going. I think he can. No, yeah, Donnie. I mean, he needs to get more. He needs to get more PT, and we've already said Bruno needs a rest, and I think Donnie could actually do the job in that number ten position. But the only player that actually gave a negative, not a negative, a below five rating, was Mister Dean Henderson. It's Interesting. Not, it's not because of his play, though. It's not because of his play. Motherfucker looked like a damn tourist with a damn cap on. He needs to get a fitted hat. <laughs> You know, fitted hat. I mean, at least you know, there's something. Man, he looked like a damn tourist. You know, like somebody's visiting freaking London with a damn hat. That's why I'm giving him a, a negative. You know, below damn, average. That damn uh, dad cat he had. Exactly. Uh, right. That was hilarious. All he needed yeah. was a pouch. He needed a little pouch. Do you guys? Uh, do you guys watch or listen to the MUFC alternative uh, commentary Twitter page? No, I don't. I have- uh, if you don't, it is. It, it's it, it you you just have you have to watch or you oh, have to watch yeah, the yeah. videos. Yeah, the weird voice. It does a voice. Yeah, the, the the electronic voice. Yeah, it is yeah, yeah. so good. I highly <laughs> recommend it. That, the, the, the the Twitter account. But yeah. he had made it cracked a joke um, when Dean Anderson flipped on the hat. It was just basically come on, you Dean Anderson, going to the United Mega Store and grabbing the smallest kids baseball cap reds. That's what he did. He went to the mega store, uh, you know, grabbed the smallest yes. ca- uh, kid's baseball cap, went back onto the pitch, and, and and yeah, that was it. That's all it was. Well, you know, it, it, it was Little funny. Style, I think the dude, commentators, the, the commentators even made fun of him. And, I, and it is interesting that, that you said that because I agree with Jesus. I thought it was probably the worst that he's played 
um, in a United shirt. So I'll be interested to hear Dakota's uh, thoughts because for me, I feel like what he wants to become is a more or less a sweeper keeper where he exactly coming out, clearing out balls, coming out, punching balls, you know, playing the ball, you know, from the 16 at times. And I think, I think he got a little too ahead of himself. a little too unsure of himself. He knocked Lindelof completely out, which they, they should have capitalized and scored on that play. Uh, Burnley should have, but they didn't. Um, and, and there's, you know, even the goal, you know, where he's just kind of standing there and I don't blame him. I blame Aaron and, and Harry for the goal, but um, I think for, for me, it kind of looked like he was showing out a little bit too much. I think he just needs to calm down. He's a good keeper. I'm not a great keeper yet, but I think he's a good keeper. And I think he's just got to settle into his own. I always try to tell people, remember back when, when we first got uh, De Gea, it wasn't the easiest transition. It didn't just smoothly transition into this great world-class keeper. So I'm not writing the guy off or saying, get rid of him or put De Gea back. Um, I just, I just think he needs to just slow down a little bit and, you know, let the game come to him because I think he was trying to dominate in, in areas where he didn't need to dominate. So one thing you're taught as a goalkeeper, and I, I can tell you this because I play goalkeeper as my primary position now is communicate with your back four. Yeah. And it's, it's two, it's basically, it's a two way street. You communicate with your back four and, you, and your back four has to communicate to you. And I think they're not necessarily completely used to someone like Dean Henderson who just barks out orders at will. That's an ante, uh, ante, uh, antithesis to what David De Gea is. David De Gea does not bark out older orders to his back four. He does not, he, he, he he, he doesn't bark at orders orders during uh, set pieces. He doesn't bark out, you know, past, past this, past this guy, you know, be in this position, you know, Wambasaka, make runs to the right. Those are, those are instructions that uh, Dean Henderson makes because that's what he's been trained to do. That's what he, that's the kind of goalkeeper he is. And so at that, uh, at the, so with that said, it's Dean Henderson still getting used to playing with the back four that he has at the same time. It's the back four that still getting used to a sweeper keeper like Dean Henderson. They're used to someone like the Hay, who's just a shot stopper, just a shot stopper who just absorbs everything coming in while you have Dean Henderson, who just wants to kick everything away from the, from the 18 yard box and just wants to get rid of in you know, a ball ASAP without any regard to where the ball goes to. Um, so there, there's still a lot to get used to between the, between, you know, the, um, Henderson in the back four, Landeloff, Maguire, uh, Baye, um, Wambasaka, Shaw, uh, still a lot to get used to. They, 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 they get, they, they eventually get there. It just takes a lot, a lot of time. And it's just kind of, it's kind of weird that I understand why Ole made the switch between Dean Henderson and David De Gea. Henderson is the better goalkeeper uh, between the two when you when you consider both both players' strengths, De Gea and Henderson, and the two weaknesses uh, of, of the two goalkeepers. Um, it was it's interesting that he made decision when, uh, when he did. Um, at the same time, though, I feel like um, Ole was trying to pick kind of a interesting time when De Gea had to go back to Spain to the witness, the birth of his child to make that switch. Um, you obviously never heard of uh, Lou Gehrig, have you? Yeah. You ever heard of Wally Pip? 
Name doesn't ring a bell to me. Wally Pip was the first baseman that Lou Gehrig replaced. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying De Gea was injured, but you know, obviously Wally. It was an unfortunate situation. Yeah, Wally Pip went there, and Lou Gehrig became on. To, I'm not saying I'm not comparing. You know, um, uh, Dean Henderson to Lou Gehrig, by all means, but I mean, it's just a that shit happens sometimes, man. You know, you uh, you let somebody eat at your table. You know, they're going to take over your, they're going to eat your lunch. Well, Um, let's just hope for Dean's sake that he doesn't have another game like that. Because I think Ole probably thought after that game, we can't keep doing this. You're my number one guy. I can't have you coming out, destroying our center backs, giving up goals. And and thank God he didn't give up a goal on that play, but he's got to calm down. I think he's a good keeper. I actually think they're both a tie. I I think it's a draw. That's why. For me, I would let the guy go because it's three hundred eighty-five or three hundred fifty thousand a week. That we may be able to save, so I don't have a problem with the guy going to Atletico Madrid or to Juventus or PSG wherever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I think Ole and, and the coaching staff probably said, "Okay, let's slow down a little bit. Maybe we maybe we made a good decision, but this kid needs to have a talking to." And I and I and I think he will. I think he's going to be England number one. And I think he's going to be United number one for a very long time, maybe a decade, maybe even longer. And so. He's just got to calm down. He's got to do what he's good at doing, which is sweeping, but he's got to pick and choose his moments. But to, to, to go to his point, Dakota hit it right on the head. It's just that cohesiveness, that continuity that they're going to build over time between those two. And just think, guys, we might get a new center back pairing next next season. So it may take a little bit of time. So I, I – I, I don't. I don't think David De Gea is going to any one of those three clubs. All, all three of those clubs already have their goalkeeper situation kind of straightened out. Uh, all three. If you had talked to me a couple of years ago, all um, other than maybe Atletico, um, the two other clubs, uh, Juventus and uh, PSG, you know, they could have easily gone after David De Gea and, ha- and happily. Um, I don't think either of those cl- two clubs would even consider De Gea going forward, regardless. Um, I do think De Gea needs to go. Uh, I would be at this point, I would just get, give it him just to, just to get rid of the, the wages, you yeah. know, never mind, you know, get making, trying to get money out of him. Yeah, um, when those wages could easily go to a Sancho or some, or a center, a world-class center back or a world-class holding midfielder. Yeah. He's the highest um, paid player at the club. So that, and he's not starting. Yeah, and that alone for me, Ole said, look, you want to go see your kid? You really want to go? Yeah. If you go, I don't know if you're going to get your spot when you get back. I'm sure they had that conversation. And as a father, you know, that's one of the, the best days of your life. So I don't see why it's not really a decision that the guy has to make. He's got to go. And I think at the end of the day, he understands, look, I'm making this money here. I'm going to make it somewhere else. And will it suck? Yeah, but he's going to get a great send off and he's going to be remembered as, as a great I think uh, United keeper, and that's that's a difficult task to to be able to say that you were able to do that. But I think he did that. I think he held it down for quite some time. All right, I'm gonna, and I'm this is his tenth season too. So he after after the end of the season, he's in line for a testimonial as well, which is what he should. Um, do. He should absolutely get the testimonial. The fact of the matter is, he was the heir apparent to uh, Edwin Vendasar. Yeah. Obviously, he you know replaced him well. Um, 
And yeah, he, he deserves it. He, de- he deserves a testimony. He deserves all the accolades. He he carried the, the club for a couple of for several a few seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there were a couple of seasons where United didn't couldn't have made the top four if it wasn't for De Gea. He did well. He was a great servant to the club. It, at some point, you do have to say it's time to move on, and it's time to move on. Like I've been saying, I said that at the beginning of the year. Uh, you can't have two top-notch goalkeepers without causing problems, and I think that's what—that's what's happening right now. I'm not saying De Gea is a problem. I'm saying the problem is the conundrum that you put yourself in. You have somebody that's on, you know, you know. Com- I, I understand competition. You know, it's great. Look at look at Luke Shaw. When bring Tez in. Luke Shaw's now thriving, but at the goalkeeper position with the mentality like that, I don't think. You know, you need to know that you're the number one. Period, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna do your job. And you obviously saw that at Liverpool when they lost the Champions League. They have that uh, the 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 Carius, and then Carius, yeah. yeah. And then they had a um, who's his backup? God damn it! yeah. I mean, you saw that on you know that Carius was was Klopp's number one. But then he messed up, just like every goalkeeper is going to do in a young position like that. Just like David De Gea, but, you know, did when his first couple of years. But what did Sir Alex do? He stuck with him. You're going to mess up, but yet I still believe in your talent. Jorgen Klopp didn't do that. And he, I mean, he, and I believe he messed up carries his mentality. And that's why, who, where is the guy at? I, who knows? You know, like, God damn, he's probably some lower level. I believe he's in Turkey right now. Yeah. But you no, do that. I, I, that I guess you, you, you become an that, afterthought, basically, in the footballing world. If you have a talent, that what Club Bruges, right? Yeah. You don't do that to goalkeepers that have talent, because that fucks with their mind. And my, it's my opinion. Never played goalkeeper in my life, uh, obviously, because I'm what five foot nine, and you know I have the the, the I have the the, the um, instincts of a sloth. But um, I mean, I you know I just don't think you you do that to number one. And and now we're we're seeing the repercussions of that, of having Dean Henderson coming in and now having to switch the hair out, obviously, with um you know this whole debacle. But yeah. you know well, anyways, let's put that to bed. We'll we'll we'll, we'll revive. We'll come to you know, revisit that sooner or later because we have to get to the. Uh, the yeah, yeah. Yep. No, no, nothing happened today. I don't know what you're talking about. Just <laughs> nothing happened. I just did work. I had lunch and just yeah. it, was, it, was, it was it was just rainbows and sunshine was, all day. Everything was, was happy. If anybody's that, been on a roller coaster, today was a roller coaster. <laughs> Seriously, you had emotions going down, and then you had emotions going up, and then you just have a shit show of emotions in the world football. In World Football, and it's just, I, I don't know what to do. I, I can't, I mean, I had a, dude, look, look I'm going to show you. I'm going to show y'all. I had two pages, two pages of notes, first of all. Starting right here, starting right here from the Super League, this page, this page of what we're going to talk about. You know where, you know where I'm starting? The damn last page, because this, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know, god damn, dude. If anybody doesn't know, obviously everybody knows United were the perpetrators, along with Real Madrid, to disband champion or to 
get away from Champions League amongst six other clubs in 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 uh, in, 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 in the EPL, obviously with other twelve clubs amongst Europe, and create their own what they call a Super League. Um, and if you want to say the fans revolted, media revolted. I, I, I think revolt is um, probably probably the nicest word you can give it. Nicest, really? Yeah, I, I think it. so. I, you, I think I, it, it was it was more than a revolt, in my opinion. Okay, was it a headhunt? Yeah. I mean, somebody was going to get killed because I, I mean, I, 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 no, 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 no. Hopefully, no one got <laughs> killed over this. Um, it was. Um, we have. I mean, go ahead. The fans, the fans spoke, and world football hurt, and that's that's basically it. That's what I want to say. The fans spoke. They 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 showed their disgust of what was going on, the greed, the money play, and yet the the greed and the money play is still going on, especially amongst UEFA, especially amongst the Champions League, because they're still trying to do this expansion of Champions League, um, the, you know, the new deals of the Champions League. So we're not getting away from that. And this is where the fans need to hold to their guns because, unfortunately, your ticket prices, we, I mean, we're here in America, don't feel what you feel across overseas. We don't feel the ticket prices. But what we do feel is, damn, I have like, one, two, three, I have three subscriptions, you know, obviously my regular cable to get MSNBC. Obviously, I have ESPN to get the FA Cup. Obviously, I have Paramount TV or whatnot to get the Champions League. So, I'm, I'm paying this much money out of my own damn pocket to watch these matches for greedy-ass owners. You forgot about Peacock. Oh, that's Paramount. Oh, no, P- oh yes. no that's yes, Peacock. You're right. That's separate. Peacock now, yes. Now, I do pay for Peacock. Damn, thank you, EC. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. I got you. I, <laughs> so, but... Ugh, God, how about, where did I start? Ed Woodward's out. Ed, technically, he's out. Not really. You know, he's, he's going to finish his you know, term to the end of 2021. But the domino has fell, has fallen, of what we've been clamoring for years. And my, my biggest thing with that is what's going to happen? Who's going to replace him? Because there's many theories about that. Edward was leaving, but yet he's still staying on. So does that mean the Glazers are posed to to sell? Is that why they're keeping Edward on to the end of the year? Or whatnot? Who knows? But the the person that we've all been clamoring about for years and years and the are is gone, but yet the root cause, the money grab, the people that are actually the the perpetrators, the criminals, Joel Glazer, the Glazers that actually the letter was signed, every team that was a part of this, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, and United, the letter that was posted on their on their official pages wasn't signed by the Abu Dhabi group, wasn't signed by the Fenway group, wasn't signed by the whoever owns freaking Tottenham, wasn't signed by you know Stan Kroenke, wasn't signed by uh, Ibramovich. It was signed by Joel Glazer as part of that, as them saying that we're going to create this Super League, and that was posted on Manchester City's official page, Liverpool's official page, Arsenal's official page, Tottenham, you know, the list goes on. 
Florentino Perez doing his thing in, in Spain and still doing his thing. God damn. The dude's hanging on by a thread at, 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 um, at, at Real Madrid. We have a problem at United. And it's the Glazers. And we've known that. And goddamn, we've known that for years. But this, this is going to be a problem. This whole power move is egg on our face for years. And you know what? We are going to be the one holding the basket for years to come. Unless we get rid of the Glazers. Liverpool's going to, you know, make do with themselves. Arsenal, Chelsea, and all that. Them. They're, they're, they're going to get away scot-free. But Joel Glazer's name on that, along with Ferentino Perez, the, they're, they're going to be left with holding the basket, egg on their face. And that's going to affect, I believe, that's going to affect transfers for years to come. And re-signings. Do you think Bruno Fernandes is going to want to be a part of a club? Even though Ed Woodward's gone, going to be want to be, a, want to be part of a club that... You know, that he spoke out against. He actually physically, you know, not, obviously was on Instagram, whatever, what are you not. Uh, Marcus Rashford on Instagram, he posted his feelings about this. Yet, he still had, you know, the feelings towards this exit of uh, Champions League, getting away from, you know, getting away from, um, you know, the domestic league, trying to qualify in the, the meaning of world football. Um do you think them they're gonna to want to stay with the, the these owners that we have? I don't think so. I think this the ramifications of the Woodward's owning this club and doing this power play is gonna be felt for years to come until we get rid of them. Go ahead, Dakota. You can jump in. Where do I begin? Um, I run a supporters group for Manchester United in San Diego. So I get a lot of different perspectives, opinions um, on different spectrums. You know, old, young, uh, supporter for a couple of years, one year, and supporters for, lifetime, for a lifetime. So it's interesting to get a lot of perspectives on the European Super League. Um what I can say is this. Um, it's been... It, there. It, it's been universally condemned amongst the supporters I've talked to in San Diego. It's been universally condemned with the supporters I've talked to in the United States and around the world. Um, there's nothing good about the European Super League that I that benefits football as a whole, benefits the footballing community, benefits either of the three countries in which the European Super League um, has had has or had, you know, because technically it's European Super League still is in existence legally. Um, I it's it's. I, it's 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 interesting because I've in a lot of ways I had to basically listen to everyone, almost not necessarily be a shoulder to cry, but like just like everyone's frustrated. They want to be frustrated at you know everyone else. They want to get out what they feel, and as as a, an official supporters group of Manchester United, I'm looked at in a lot of ways to be kind of the. The, the window to the club and 
you know, when this all kind of started to break just several moments before the Burnley match, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of information known. Um, we kind of got all the details at halftime and then post-match. Um, and so there wasn't a whole lot of talking points to be discussed yet. But the, as the day kind of unraveled and as we started to get more information, this club was getting involved and that club was getting involved. And then Manchester United signed on the dotted line to get involved. Uh, obviously, we started to hear, you know, the voices amongst the club, the supporters of the club, supporters of uh, Red Devils San Diego and the various other supporters groups out there uh, of Manchester United, whether official or unofficial. Um, it, 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 it's, it was obviously universal, uh, universally condemned. And it was the same way with the other the supporters of the other eleven clubs, you know. What was cool amongst all of this is you saw the supporters from all twelve clubs get together. Liverpool with United supporters. I never thought I would say I would see the day where United and Liverpool supporters joined hands and solidarity for a specific cause. In my entire life, I would never thought I'd see the day, and fucking a, it happened. But it was something that we all felt very passionate about, you know. And uh, two days later, as things start to develop on uh, throughout Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, um, in Europe, at the morning and the afternoon, obviously here in the United States, as things start to unravel. And then Manchester City was the first to say that they were going to drop out, and then Chelsea second. And then uh, and then Manchester United eventually came out and said that they were going to drop out, but that was much later on in the day. It goes to show the collective voices that the football supporters have to give or make their voice known be the collective made their voice known and when the collective makes their voice known it's heard around the world it's heard by the people with the money the billionaires that run the club the glazers uh fenway fenway sports with, with liverpool Cronky, florentino perez uh in real madrid um, it's and the the Qataris were you know uh, not sorry coach PSG they weren't involved my apologies but you know it's you know the collective voice made their made it known that we do not like this we will not stand for this and it was also the pressure by by the Brit by the British government it was pressure by you know UEFA and 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 the FA I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get, let, let those two organizations get off scot free both UEFA and uh, UEFA the um, the English FA and especially FIFA they're not scot free they have issues of their own that they need to attend to that they need to resolve but it was their vo their voices alongside the collective voices of the supporters. <clears throat> basically said, we don't like this and we're not going to support you with this. And at, at once that happened, the clubs listened to us. The clubs listened to us and they backed down. Now we have all six English clubs that are backing away, which is amazing. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Barcelona. We don't know what's going to happen with Real Madrid or, or Atletico Madrid actually has backed out as well. <laughs> Um, Juventus president has resigned. 
Ed Woodward has resigned. Um, it's, you know, and then regarding Ed Woodward, we don't know if it's going to be the end of the year. We don't know if he's actually going to leave his post at the end of the season or if he's just going to stay on at United, United yeah, in some capacity towards the end of the year. We're, that's the, what people, a lot of people are saying different things. The official statement didn't really go into too much detail in terms of, uh, if he actually staying as executive vice vice chairman until the end of the year, or he's just going to stay on the club, it's not completely clear yet. And a lot of people are saying a lot of different things. Mark Organ said, said in a tweet that he's actually going to leave his post um, immediately, or either immediately or at the end of the season. So just a lot of he said, he said type of thing. But nonetheless, the fact that Edward Ward is leaving, that's a step. A lot of supporters, though, are looking beyond Edward Ward. They're looking at the Glazers. They're, they want the Glazers gone. There's a reason why I'm wearing a green and gold surfing Fred shirt right now. You know, back in 19, uh, no, 19, 1878, Lancaster and Yorkshire Railway Company granted permission for the employees of, of its carriage and wagon department to start a football team, which was subsequently named Newton Heath. Green and gold means is, 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 is the start of this club. Started by a bunch of rail, railway employees, by supporters of the beautiful game of football. That's where the game resides at. The supporters of the of football. We're the ones that go and buy the tickets. We're the ones that buy the merchandise. We're the ones that paid money to join supporters club. We're the ones that joined that one that pays money to join one United uh, Manchester United membership. You know, we're the ones that buy tickets to, you know, to go toy Old Trafford. Without our dollars and cents, there's no club. So at the, when it comes down to it, the European Super League, again, it, it's called Spade a Spade. Of course, it was a money grab. You know, it's it, it comes to a point where the supporters need to get back control of the sport in which we love, which is, you know, football. We love watching football. We love playing football. You know, this is just one small, the, the, seeing the European Super League, does uh, see it, see it demise is cool. That's good. But it doesn't get rid of the entire hierarchy, the entire structure where the billionaires, where you see the Glazers, again, Finway, um, Kwanki, Daniel Levy, you know, they still, oh, they still basically hold the keys to the kingdom. It's nice that the, that, it's nice that the, that the supporters have come again, come together and say, we are the ones that run football. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else to say. No, I, can I ask you a question? Please. What's the last, last, Item of Manchester United branded uh, apparel or or whatnot that you bought? Um, directly from the club or no, just has a randomly? The trademark on it. I just want to know. Um, I bought a couple scarves on eBay a few weeks ago. Uh, before that? Uh, before what? Uh, before that? Um, I bought a jersey. Uh, this past year, this year's um. I, I don't even know which one I bought. The Probably like the third jersey, maybe. The third jersey, the new one, right? The the yeah, the the, the dark green one, yeah. I know EC is probably. I know EC. You already showed me it. You want to talk about complicit? 
If 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 I'm saying you were in the Newton Heath, you were in that that the Newton Heath jersey. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's compli- sure. That's complicity. Compli- sure. You know it is. And, sure. And, and people want to make a statement. I'm not. I'm not calling you out. I'm just calling. I'm calling fans out. Of the Glazers out movement and and you know I'm a I'm on here. This is the Manchester United podcast, so I'm not. I'm not, obviously we don't make money off this, but yes, the content comes from Manchester United. I mean, I, this 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 thing, our our uh, our platform, the Don't Read Me podcast, would not be anything without the club. Period. So yes, I am complicit as well. I mean, EC is complicit. Matt's complicit as well. But doing this, if you if every any, I mean, everybody says they want to make a statement. They want to mm-hmm. get the Glazers out. They want to do this. God damn it! I've been, I've been. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. But yet, I've had old ass Dallas Cowboy fans tell me ever since uh, Tom Landry got fired, you know, the way Jerry Jones did him dirty on a golf course in Austin, Texas, said they will never watch the team again. They will never until Jerry Jones is gone. They will never come back to the club. I have I know people to this day in my hometown here, here where I live, in my hometown, I know people that will say they will never watch. They said they watched they in 1980, whatever, 1988, they stopped watching the Dallas Cowboys because of what Jerry Jones did did to Tom Landry. Yes, Dallas went on and won four uh, three Super Bowls. But yet, you know, everybody keeps pumping money into that shit. If you really Wasn't Jerry you, Jones' very first action as owner was to fire Tom Landry? Yes. That's what I'm saying. He fired him on a golf course in Austin, Texas. And brought Jim. Yeah. And, I, I, think, I think it's fans' prerogative to do what they want with no, their no, money. You see, if, if, I, if, you see, I, if, if, you wanna, if people want to hold the balls, if people want to have balls, if, if they want real change. Because you know what? I mean, uh, Dakota, you said, yes, yes, the fans up, you know, uproared on social media and this bullshit don't tell me that it was sky it was emerson it was nbc it was paramount saying that dude you have contracts with us billion dollar contracts with us don't okay. you, you ain't moving that shit fans fans don't give a shit because manchester united will find fans anywhere let else point. let me get my point off first well, let me, let me, oh, me, can i finish my point first well, both of you guys landed let me land really quick because both of you guys oh, had your points I, I think. My point. Go ahead. Well, now you just fucked me up. So go ahead. I mean, I, I was on a roll, but you messed me up. Okay. I just think the fans have an opportunity to do what they want to do with their money. I don't. I don't think that has anything to do. They're complicit. With- They're complicit. In it. If you're a Glazers out, then you're Glazers out. You don't buy tickets. You don't buy merchandise. You don't buy shit. You don't put money in their pockets. That's what I'm saying. Okay, let me land, please. All right. Go ahead. It's up to the fans. It's up to the people who work to do what they want to do with their money and support the club how they would like to support the club. If the fans want to protest the Glazers, if the fans want to say Glazers out or Ed Woodward out, that's also their prerogative to do. I don't think the Glazers or any other Premier League owner cares about the fans. That's just my stance on it from the jump. Since 92, since they decided to move away from the championship, and create the Premier League, they haven't cared about the fans. The pandemic showed the owners that this was an opportunity to show everyone that owns a club, we don't need them. 
They are not in the stands and look at the ratings. We're fine. So I think ultimately what's gone on is their own fault. They and the fans have supported it, myself included. Everyone has supported, even when Sir Alex was here. Let's not pretend like we didn't support it when Sir Alex was here. We weren't screaming and yelling and hollering. It was the same corrupt people running the league back then. So they let the Sharks into the swimming pool. And guess what the Sharks did? They said, let's get some more money. So I wasn't shocked at all. I wasn't, I wasn't taken aback. I wasn't, you know, oh my gosh, here comes FIFA trying to save football. They're a joke too. So for me, I support United. I, I, I think I said this to Dakota on his page the other day. If they were to move the club, I would support them. If they were to be called the Manchester something else's, I would still support them. I'm a Manchester United supporter. So yeah, I think people were upset about the Super League, but let me tell you what. If they would have came out, and, and I think the reason people were, were upset was one of the main reasons, because there's no relegation. If they would have came out and said there was relegation and promotion into the Super League, I don't think anybody would have tripped. I think everybody would have said, oh, wow, so there's a chance for us to get into it so we can make money too, so we can strive to be into one of those positions. I think everybody would have been fine. So it was a PR nightmare. That's where they screwed up, in my opinion. I think had they come out and said, you know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to support women. And we're going to make women's pitches in these uh, same leagues where Manchester United is. You know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to take some of that money that we give and we're going to trickle it down to some of those lower clubs. Everyone would have been on board, but they didn't do that. They basically came out and said, we're out and screw you guys. That's where they screwed up. So don't get, don't get it twisted, guys, and sit here and think that because they pulled out that they won't re-up and do it again because no. they will. Here because it's a venture great. capitalist. And any of you guys, take a, take a look at yourself in the mirror. Start a business. Start that business up and think about what you want to do. You probably want to make some money. That's usually what you want to do when you get into a business. Somebody's going to get hurt when you do that, probably, especially when you're talking about a billionaire uh, uh, movement. This isn't, a, this isn't a multi-million dollar deal. This is a huge billion dollar entity that we're talking about. So I didn't agree with it. But again, I would have watched it. I bet you you guys would have watched it. I bet you I bet you fans around the world would have packed those stadiums too. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah, you're right. They would have they would have evolved into an Americanized sport. And that's why a lot of people over there were pissed off. They weren't pissed off because their club was going into you know, the the, the the top six teams that were going into this league, those fans would have been happy as all get out. The only thing they've been pissed off about is that the sport was being Americanized and they didn't want to see that happen. They don't want to do a playoff like we do with MLS. They want to do relegation and promotion. So I, I just think it's a joke that people were getting up in arms, Sky Sports coming on saying that they can't believe this is happening when they are the ones that are creating the TV revenue so that these clubs can do what they're freaking doing. I just think there's a lot of hypocrisy from a lot of people. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't, I don't like it. I, I, actually, I actually hate it um, to, to see everybody come out and say that. I did see some honest podcasts and say, we're still going to come on. We're still going to watch the games because that's what's going to happen. And I think in about 10 years time, had this league went through, nobody would have said anything about it. Everybody would have watched it. Everybody would have been fine with it. It would have been just like the premiership when it started. People were pissed and upset because they left. And now it's no big deal because they trickle down the money and they give them what they need to keep their clubs alive. So I, th- I think the difference between so you you make the comparison between when the twenty two teams left the football league, uh, Division One, and then formed the Premier League in nineteen ninety two. Basically, it, it was still it was still 
there was still a pyramid. There were still teams getting promoted. There were still teams getting relegated. The only difference was the twenty the twenty two teams was no longer bound by the the, the various TV deals and the various deal uh, contracts that the football league uh, signed for their three for their uh, for the divisions, Division One and Division Two. Um, the problem, the, the the problem with the, what the, the the fans have with the concept is basically comes back down to the 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 Champions League. The Champions the Champions League is it those more specifically the group stage on through the knockout rounds. You have thirty two teams, uh, 32, 32 teams, eight groups of four basically, and everyone plays each other twice. You're not because you're Manchester United doesn't mean you're gonna be playing Real Madrid. You're not gonna be playing Barcelona every freaking year. People want to see Real Madrid versus Manchester United be a very special occasion, once in every few years type of thing. They don't want Real Madrid versus Manchester United two times a year, minimum of twice a year, and then potentially playing a third and fourth time, perhaps in a knockout round. Fans so, didn't fans didn't want that. Let me let me finish. I have a little bit of a a, a little bit of story here. Go ahead. Um, there's that piece. You know, the, the other piece is basically you. Everyone has this dream of winning the European trophy. It's history. The European trophy is the top honor in European club football. People strive to win the European Cup. It's ingrained in a lot of in a lot of people in the, in Europe that you're, that the European Cup is the best trophy to win in European club and what world and uh, be totally honest, world club football. You can't tell me the FIFA Club World Cup is the best club trophy in the world. No, nowhere near it. Um, but people are ingrained to want to win the European Cup. That's the second piece. The third piece is basically the, the, the basically not being able to have cl- clubs from the outside come in and being able to compete. Yes, you have you'll have fifteen clubs be kind of um, founding members, and then you have. But if Manchester United falls down to twentieth, there's no mechanism for them to go back down to a second division. That's the that's the that's the biggest problem of it all. There's no second division of the European of, of the my, European Super League or third division or fourth division. There's there's not there's no mechanism for that. That's my whole yeah. point. I think if they would have came out and said we're starting this league and we want to eventually get to relegation, they would have said okay because that's what they've been used to. Your point is valid in that this is what they're used to. When people see change, they freak out. You guys remember a time when there was only one team from the domestic league that went to the champions league. So remember it was that. just a European cup. Yeah. It was so, a European cup competition. So, Correct. And so people got pissed off when they said, now we're going to let two. Now we're going to let three. Now we're going to let four teams. It wasn't always like that. And people got pissed off. Now no one thinks about it. Now to change and things are always going to evolve. And I think people are so, I, I just, it, it drives me nuts. The fact that they think that this, this premier league that's, that's ran corruptly. Let's keep it real is not going to have sharks in the water right now thinking, how can we make it better for us? Because I'm tired of giving you way for money for champions league. I'm tired of giving this pieces of the pod to these clubs who will never win the league. 
Let's just be honest. And everyone's going to say, well, Lester won it once. No one. That's the problem. You're, you don't, you're no longer going to create the opportunity for a Lester to win the league so anymore. Honest, so you honestly think that anyone. And that's else, the beauty of competition. You don't play so how, how 30 for 38 times how, and just know. Oh yeah, Liverpool or Manchester United is gonna win the league. All of a sudden, the level I mean, Leicester can come in and be like, "Fuck off, we're gonna win the well, league," and then they go win the league. Well, you know, um, you Blackburn Rovers did it in 1995. You know, let's you don't real you, life in, in the Let's not talk about back in the, in the days when three million dollars was a lot of money. Let's talk about real life right now. A Newcastle fan that's sitting at home, that's that's watching this league. He knows, she knows, they have no chance. They have no chance. So right. it's, it's a farce that people sit there and go, the majestic, the nostalgia, the, the thought that we could possibly. Right, no, you don't. Right. No, you don't. Let well, me focus no, you no, at no, no, this. Who would have thought that a team hold like on, West Ham United? Hold on, Dakota. Let me, let me, I, need to, I need to address something. You see, you're a Manchester United fan under the Glazers and Woodward, right? I'm a Manchester United fan. No, no. I don't are you a Manchester United under, the, under this ownership yeah. and under Woodward, right? You're putting them into the mix no, like no, I support no, them. No, 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 don't. No, you I'm keep no, putting I'm, them in the mix like I support them, and I don't. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create that calm narrative. Down, calm down, calm no, down, you're I'm creating just, a narrative that's not true. So no, don't no, don't no, start no. the question and say I'm a, a, a right. supporter under right. their ownership, as listen, if we have a choice who owns the club. You haven't listened to what I'm going to say, so calm down. So ask me a question. Ask me the question, and don't bring them into the mix because I don't support them. No, I'm not. They they're in that. They they have to. They have. They're in this narrative. We don't choose them. All right, EC. All right. uh, So so we're in the league without, like Dakota said, we're in the league without no relegation. We are the founding clubs of this super league, right? How much? I mean, I just want to say, how much investment is Manchester United going to give into this into the club? Like we've always been yearning for, we're yearning for investment. When they know they're not going to get relegated, are they going to give the bare minimums, the poppers, you know, the poppers pence? I guess you could say. Because I mean, I think- Woodward's out. Woodward, yes, we already know Woodward's out. Are the are the are the are the Glazers going to give give Manchester United the investment that they need to compete at the top level, or are we going to say, you know what, we're going to be we're already going to get the investment because we can't get kicked out of this league. We're you know we're just gonna give the you know the bare minimum just so we can hang around, hang around, hang around like alligator blood. You know what I mean? Are we gonna do that or what? I are think it absolutely it, it is. I mean, don't you know? It's called space, space. It's money grab. You know, it is. I think it's. I think it's like three point six billion dollars that was gonna be given to all of the clubs. Just for just participating, just for getting into the European Super League, that three point six billion can get United out of debt, basically. No, with our owners, no. They would. Uh, no, but but uh, but, uh, but my my, my, my right, point that's is, a, that's it's that actually going to go to the club. It's not going to go to the club. Would that, that, would that go to the club? No. No. Come on, no. Based on everything that's happened, the fifteen years, the sixteen years prior of this, the, with, with, with how United was purchased by the Glazers. How they invest their money, how they put debt onto the club in the form of a leverage buyout you know, of the club. When you don't, when you put the debt onto the club instead of the buyer, you know, it gives me no confidence that We're that you not, that debt. the Glazer to put that money into buying players. We're still in debt after how many years? Sixteen years. We're still in debt. How the hell? I mean. 
United have won Premier League, Champions League since then, and we're still in debt. Come on, and we're the what uh, the fourth valuable club in the world. How the hell are we? I mean, how are we debt? If I mean, if you think that you know, you think that the Glazers are going to reinvest in your club? That's stupid. Yeah, are you, that's are dumb. You, what 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 I will say is there dumb. is the, there are the rumors and with Glazer obviously going out that 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 Joel and Abram Glazer are considering selling the club. Again, rumors. They're shares. We don't know if it's actually true or not. They just they're just rumors at this point because of the fact that the European Super League have basically you know fallen down the toilet. Easy, we don't again. Easy, easy, you, we, you, we don't, but we don't know. You know, if 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 United later gets sold next week for four billion dollars, what's there to say the new owners are actually going to invest money into the club? We don't know. That's you, my you point. See, that's what I keep trying. I'm, I'm going back to UEFA again because that's what we would be a part of. You don't choose your owners, and clearly UEFA does not vet the owners of the top six, which is a farce as well. Why don't new? Why didn't Newcastle think about this for two seconds, guys? Why didn't Newcastle? Why weren't they able to get Sheiks to run their club? Why did they tell him no? And why did they tell Manchester City yes? Because they don't want anyone else inside of the club. This is what it's all about. This is why I said early on an earlier podcast: this top six thing is a joke. It's a flipping joke. Arsenal and Spurs are a top six team? No, they're not. No, no, they're no. not. But we buy into it, and we say, yeah, they are, and I think it's a huge joke. I'm telling you, if you think this is over, this is the first stab at it, and they failed miserably. They got egg all over their face. and everyone Well, they're the top six clubs in the sense of the top six money-making clubs in England. That's when all you, it is. But when you look yeah. at that and you're an outsider, you think these are the best clubs in the world, and it's not true. And I think ultimately what fans fall into is – these, these are the teams that are going to have a chance to win it. These are the teams that, are, yay, you got promoted, but you're probably going to get slapped in the face and sent right back down. That's the reality of the situation. Everyone mid-table, that's where you'll stay. What do United fans want every season? I'll tell you what I want. I want a championship. And I can guarantee you that everyone from about no, six down has no chance. And it's just a farce to think that this is this is it's so great that you got promoted into this Premier League and you got a chance. You got a shot. No, you don't. If your club's got a lot of money, maybe you do, maybe. But the reality of the situation is clubs that are moved into when they get promoted from the championship, the likelihood of them going down is a lot greater than it is of them winning the championship. If it was me, guys, if it if, if I was the, the 14 that didn't get invited to the party or whatever 12 didn't get invited to the party. I'd have told all of them to do one and I'd have kept the premier league and I'd have told them to all just get the hell out. And I just started my own thing without them. If you don't want to be a part of it, because now all of a sudden Chelsea and everyone else, man United included say, Oh, well, we screwed up. We want to, we, we want to stay and we don't want to do this. We don't want to do this anymore. They're not going to look that as, as bad clubs. I'm not buying into that. All well, there's teams today said we, we do not like the fact that, that this is happening. And what was more important to me was they didn't blame the teams. They blame the owners. They're pissed off at the ownership for doing this, for setting right. this up. So I don't think this is anywhere near done. I think the Super League's off, but I think someone else is going to have a better idea and a better way to do it, and it's going to happen. Because for me, if I had an opportunity to watch Barcelona versus Manchester United as opposed to Stoke versus Bournemouth, which game are you guys watching? 
You have a point. I mean, I'm so basic. Well, well, here, well, here's the problem. Here's I, 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 you're gonna watch Bortman versus Stoke. Are you freaking kidding me? No, you're not. You're gonna watch Manchester United Barcelona. That's a fact. No, no, because the fact that at one point, well, at, I mean, some at some point in time, then Barcelona versus Manchester United loses its luster exactly. after ten years. It's no longer gonna be exactly. Barcelona, the big ass club, versus Manchester United, the big that's, ass club. That's, it's that's not, really, it's really gonna really lose it. It's gonna, gonna lose that luster. That's, yeah. that's what we have now. Yeah. Manchester United versus Barcelona right now in the Champions League has that's, luster because we don't play often, if at all. If at all, that, that's you European. Know. That's European, but you. It's not opinion. That's fact. Actually, you know what? No, let me tell you why it's not a fact. Let me let me tell you why it's not a fact. How how many how many of you guys by a show of hands watch the NBA? I don't watch the NBA. Okay, hey Sus, you I, I know I I I watch, watch games, but I'm not a fan or a follower uh, okay. by any means. Okay, the that league along with the Spurs. NHL, yeah. along with the NFL, that's the best of that brand of hockey. That's the best brand of basketball, and that's the best brand of football in the world there are other leagues no one gives a shit no one watches them they have no tv contracts and i watch all the time do you know why because rivalries within those groups are started and what will wind up hold on what will wind up happening is that these other teams like your ajaxes of the world and your psgs of the world and your bayern munichs of the world they will figure out that they are also trying to make money as well. And it will happen. And guess what will happen in about 10 years time? You know what you're going to do? You're going to go, hmm, I guess I have the opportunity to watch Everton versus Burnley. But goddamn, Real Madrid's playing AC Milan this week. And they've got that. Those teams are really good. Which game are you going to watch? It's not a question. I know what you're going to watch. And you're going to be you're going to get used to just like you do in the States of watching those teams battle it out to figure out who's going to be the best in the world. You're just not used to it because your brain is fixed to watch the Champions League when it comes up, to watch the Premier League because your favorite team's in the Prem. That's what we're that's what we're trained to do. So I, I, I disagree with you, and I disagree with you for the simple fact that I'm, I'm talking about me, and I can tell you with a lot of Americans that – football or soccer wasn't their first sport that they watched, most likely it's either going to be baseball in one of the four major sports in the, in the United States, baseball, football, basketball, or hockey. I'm willing to bet you that more supporters of, fo- of football, soccer, follow, po- most likely followed another sport and then starting watching football, then football was their first love or their first mm-hmm. sport of choice. So they are already conditioned and well aware that you have 30 teams or 32 teams that play each other X amount of times a year. You, we also recognize as football supporters that the, that Europe runs things very much differently. So you have to keep in mind that European football fans are accustomed to a specific format where teams only play each other a specific uh, in certain situations in the calendar or in you know the structure of their leagues where when it sees fit. That's they a lot of European football supporters frowned upon the Americanization of what we saw as the European Super League. They don't want that in their sports. You we have to recognize that that yeah. yes, we in we in the United States are used to a specific type of format in a league. Doesn't mean that same format will work in another uh, a, another continent. 
Uh, all I'm all right, saying is, he, is right. I, I don't think that any of these United fans or Chelsea fans or Liverpool fans that you're talking about, these fans that don't want to see a playoff, I guarantee you, Dakota, they're going to watch. They're going to go to they're going to go to the stadium when they can. They're going to travel to Europe and, and wherever else fans they will. can. I think you underestimate the power of the European football supporter. That's uh, what say, I have to I say, say. I say T-shirt, T-shirt United fans. Walmart United fans will do that. Like I'm, I'm they, say, oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm but not the saying, people who go to a match who buy who Walmart, go to the mega Walmart, stars, people, people they're actually, gonna have a voice. They're actually, gonna actually the club, matter. Won't. I'm sorry. I mean, I won't. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. This, I, and if, I, if, listen, if, if, if if the Super League, then you would. I mean, I'll tell you this. I would not. I would not be in this podcast. This podcast would turn to, unfortunately, uh, 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 what's his name? Hunter's not on yet. Uh, this podcast will turn to Austin FC podcast because this ain't. This, I mean, what this has been created is don't green be, on me podcast. Yeah, don't <laughs> green on me podcast. Los Verdes. I would and, do my and, own and, bit. And, I, and I, I would fine. continue to support the club. But uh, you see, you, you bring up you bring up an interesting subject about you comparing it to the United to, to American American sport, uh, football, American football. Uh, Dallas doesn't play. Uh, Dallas doesn't play the Patriots every year. So what's your point? Dal- I mean, I'm telling you, I'm saying uh, top top clubs. Uh, Kansas City don't play the Patriots every year. Do Kansas City don't play to... Tampa every year. They wait for the playoff, to... right? No, 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 Calm so down. What's your point? Calm down. Lower your voice. We want we're little voices, right? Your comparison to American American sport is is invalid because the fact of if you know Dallas played, you know, or my team played a team oh that we're going to be in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, do you think it, it 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 loses its luster? I'm sorry, it does, dude. They don't play the teams. They don't play those teams. And this super league, luster? this super league would have. Every, I mean, how many ten games? Ten pre, ten games before they make the quarterfinals. So we're gonna see Madrid every, you know, how many times a year? We're gonna see Barcelona how many times a year? We're gonna see uh, Juventus how many times a year before we even reach, before we even reached the quarterfinals of whatever tournament that was. Yes, yes, the NBA, uh, the the Spurs play, um, the Knicks once a year, you know. Uh, during the during the league, because they're in different divisions, they play the Lakers twice a year. You know what I mean? Yes, it's but it, it, during those times, sometimes the fucking our star players don't even play those games. Okay. But you know LeBron. I mean, so you're gonna get a watered down version of football because you're gonna say, you know what? Uh, it's gonna be like the Carabao Cup. I'm not gonna play my top players this game. You know, or during the league, I'm not gonna play my top uh, if they're in, if they're in the Premier League. Because there is even talks about if they would have gone, the Premier League would have kicked them out. I mean, that's what, so, that's what they should have done. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, you're gonna have a watered down version of your version of football. Period. That's if, your if, opinion. If, no, it's not my opinion. Oh it no, is. you're the it only. Is. I mean, you're the only one with your opinion. You see, uh, I mean, like you said about the Paul Pogba header. We had that argument that I was the I was a lone person that it was a lucky pass. You're the only one sitting on your own island right now because everybody in world football, you talk about 
everybody in world football is saying that this fucking idea of this Super League is bullshit. It should never happen because it diminishes the fact of world football. Can I I point out a really, really good example? Can I point out a really, really good example to all this? This past weekend, the San Diego Padres played the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, it was the matchup of the weekend in Major League Baseball. You have the two best teams in Major League Baseball playing each other in a three-game series. Every game was sold out. Yes, but we also played the Los Angeles Dodgers 17 other times in the season. You know, eight more in San Diego that I can go to and watch. You know, I can be able to, I can go to any one of those other matches I've wanted to. You know, it's, it's one, it's one match of 18 that, you know, that versus let's say, for example, let's say the Padres do only play the Dodgers twice, one right. in Los Angeles and one in San Diego. Right. Please don't tell me those two matches that they play in that one season is going to mean less or just as just the same as the 18 match games that the Padres and Dodgers play in the normal schedule that we have now. So, so as a real fan, as a fan like oh you guys God. are, someone that watches the games, every game counts. Every game matters. Also, Dakota, where did, where did the Los Angeles Dodgers originate at? Uh, Brooklyn. And what happened to those Brooklyn Dodgers? They moved to L.A. because, um, uh, what was it, um, God, Walter O'Malley didn't, couldn't get a stadium. Tore that bad boy down, moved it down to L.A. Did the fans show up? Are the fans, the fans showed up, up in L.A.? Yeah, in LA. They didn't show up in Brooklyn. There were no Brooklyn the original Dodgers Dodgers fans are fucking Mets fans right now, dude. So... So th- th- this is this is what this is what I'm trying. This is my point. Exactly, you're getting watered down United fans. They're not fucking United fans, dude. This That's is this thing. is my. You guys are you guys are proving my point. Dakota said the games were sold out. This Brooklyn club wasn't a shitty club. In fact, it had some of the the best players that the league had ever seen. They moved the club all the way down to L.A., four thousand miles away from where it originated from, and people still show up and people still watch the game. People showed up because there wasn't a major league baseball team at the time in LA. They, but the Dodgers and the and there was a San Francisco Giants all moved. I think the same year or a year apart to the West Coast to go to an untapped market. But did they show up or did they not show up? They went because there was no other baseball team in Los Angeles at that time. St. Louis was the furthest west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cardinals, Dakota. They showed up because there's a good product. When there's a, they showed up because it was baseball. It was a new team. You know, have you have you research? Do you know anything about about the the kid who gets a new toy? They play with that new toy until they get tired of that new toy. It's the same thing with the Dodgers, but the difference was the Dodgers had a good product, and people kept going there. That's, but you, you do have a point. You do. You do have a point. So I'm, I'm also correcting your point because it was off. I, that's what I'm trying to say, guys. It, hey, it's well, not. If you if you want if you want to talk about baseball teams, look at the San Diego Padres. I mean, are people going to watch them before they got Tatis? Before they invested no. this year? No. Or, or were they, no. They were, were they they were able club? to barely able to get 15 grand in the stadium during the weekday game. No, 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 no. You're 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 you're. I you're, used to go to games all the time in San Diego. All the time when How they much, were trapped. Was it, was it sold out? Yes, the game was sold out when Quinn was there. Bullshit, Absolutely. dude. Not, not every game, no. Not every game, no. I, I, I had seen Not every game there was sold out, but, uh, but that's, that's beyond the point. 
when Tony Gwynn was on the Padres, there were several sold out games. So I don't want to hear. Yes. That yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I'm not saying. My point is not every game is sold out. Sold out. The Padres. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't. I, I'm like I said. If you're a fan of the sport, you're gonna go watch the games. Now, if if you guys are saying to me like Jesus just said, if if the Super League were to kick off, you weren't gonna watch this the the sport anymore. I'm not hating on those people. I say fair play to you. You don't want to support the club anymore. Go somewhere else and support somewhere else. That's fine. I'm just saying. I think the the promotion of the Super League was trash. They will come back again, and I guarantee you, you will hear that it, you will be able to be promoted and relegated from. Because that's that for me, that was the main thing I kept hearing all around the world. Was that I they guess my my follow up then is why can't that be the Champions League? You call it, just call it, just re call it the Champions League, and give and at the same token, be able to give. Other clubs give give Ajax a chance to freaking win the European Cup. Give uh, Celtic and Rangers that opportunity. Why can't it just happen in the Champions be, League? Didn't two. that already happen, Dakota? Didn't they already say that it's not just the one team that's going to be able to win Champions League? Now it's four domestic teams, three from certain and two from certain leagues. Haven't they already done that? But my point is, they locked those teams out via the European Super League. You can't do that. There's no, there's no top four going to the cha- going to the Super League anymore. When you, like, have, like when, you have, when you have parent clubs saying that you cannot get relegated, that that's, that's, that's what I'm that, saying. That that when the fact of matter when if, let's let's it's say you have yes, a, inter- you have the table European Super League table and let's say the bottom three is just throwing names out of my head. You know, Ch- Chelsea. Juventus and 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 Borussia Dortmund. Those teams are going to get relegated to some second or third division, or get relegated back down to the Bundesliga or whatever. They're still playing in the Super European Super League. They're still going to make hand, money hands over fist. That's the problem that the, that football supporters have. It goes against the grain. It goes against everything that they know about European football. European because it's very Americanized. European supporters don't want an American version of their game. And again, that's that's my whole thing. If they would have simply said relegation is involved. I don't think anyone would have cried. But it wasn't. That's my point. That's my whole point. I don't think they would have cared if there was a super league. That's what I'm trying to get people to get their heads around. No one gives a shit what you call it. As long as you you keep it their own way. Relegation is involved because there's still open spots that people can get relegated. The fact of the fact but I'm of, saying, the, but the Manchester United ain't getting relegated if they finish nineteenth. Yes, there is. Not, not out of super. No, no, they're founding clubs. They, they, they're founding clubs can't get relegated. I'm saying, but there's still they spots. There's still spots for people to get put in. So yes, you that technically relegation, right? No, it's not relegation. No, not not for the fifteen so, yeah. um, founding no, members though. No, that, there's no saying. there's no relegation yeah, there's for no those relegation for those teams. It's twelve founding teams, right? But there's no. But there would be. Well, it's, it, it, it would be. So it would be the twelve founding clubs. They were yes. going to invite three more to be the founding, uh, be the yeah. the initial so they're, fifteen they're the that always play they're in the spots. Super League, yes. and then they would invite five yes. more yes. based yes. on some algorithm that's, that's, or yeah, some coefficient what or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. Relegation. I mean, I mean, there's. It there's, wasn't gonna. It was never gonna happen with relegation. They were gonna do basically ten aside, like an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. That's bullshit. what it was gonna be. That's bullshit. Right. 
And so it was going to be like MLS <laughs> in a sense, but it was going to be better teams than there are in the MLS. But the, it, the, the, uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. It, you're fine. It completely failed. They have egg on their face. And I'm happy that it did. But I don't want anyone in the world to think that they are not going to have another swing at it. They will. They will do it. I don't doubt that they will. They'll absolutely do try to do it again in 10, 15 years. Absolutely. I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. The the major thing that they're going to do is they're going to say, listen, UEFA, the reason we wanted to get away from you is because we're tired of having these Champions League games where we're feeding you guys more money. They already tried to expand it, I think, yesterday or today. I don't know if it went through or not. It probably has. And so I think ultimately they're tired of splitting up the pie, the top six. Think about yourselves again, throw yourselves into the situation and think about continuously having to trickle down the money that you earned to other clubs that have not earned it, that gotten slapped over the head. They're tired of it. And I think ultimately that's why these greedy people said, I am tired of giving you stuff for doing nothing. I'm moving on. So that's what happens for me, in my opinion, when you let sharks into the room, you allow them to then create more bad stuff. They're all horrible. You brought up FIFA, Dakota. Great point. Look at the World Cup and how that was organized. You bring up UEFA. Great point. Look at how they treat racism as opposed to how they treat people trying to create their own league. They would rather ban people from 10 games for being racist. But if you join this league, you can't play in the Euros. You can't play in the World Cup. That's how horrible these leagues are. That's why I don't rate it. That's why I wasn't up in arms and going crazy. My whole thing is, like I said before, and I will say it until I'm blue in the face, I support the club. I don't care who the owners are because I don't have a choice. If I had a choice, I wouldn't be a Washington fan because Snyder's a douchebag himself. I hate the Washington owner, but I love the team. I support the team. That's what it's about. So I get why European fans and and everyone else was up in arms. I get it. They're changing the fabric of our foundation hundreds of years. I get that. And that sucks. And I'm glad they took to the streets. And I'm glad to Dakota's point, no one got hurt. There was one injury I heard of all today. It was all protests. It was all very peaceful. Peaceful. Everybody came out and did what they were supposed to do. And they won. The little guy won. I just think ultimately, don't don't get it twisted. They don't care about you as fans. No. They could care less. If I turn up to Old Trafford with a scarf on and a hat, they're just as happy. They don't care if it's the kid down the street that grew up in Manchester. They could care less. In fact, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. So I, I just, think the problem is I, when you, again, it's like I said in the past, when you have a collective voice that the fan, the supporters of, so not it's even the supporters of the clubs are not even not even involved in the ESL. When you hear all collective saying we don't like this, this is bullshit, you know. At some point, you have to listen to these people because these are the ones that put money in these billionaires' uh, pockets every match day via our tickets, via our concession stands, via our, the shirts that we buy. You know, I, if people, whether or not now you you brought the question or, or, or the, not the question, but the statement of that people may are, are probably going to show up to the turns for the turnstiles, anyways. We don't know that. Oh, yeah, do. European, European supporters are <laughs> quite are quite smart and, and and they're quite clever when they're protests. But, they don't have to show up at but, all. But Dakota, that's what the, that's what these owners are banking on. They don't care. The pandemic showed them that they don't care if a Manchester United person that lives there in the city shows up. They don't care. 
because they know someone from Shanghai mm -hmm. or from India or from Abu Dhabi mm -hmm. will show up. Mm -hmm. They will show up. Yes, Trust sir. me. Right. So don't get it twisted that they're thinking to themselves, oh, the fans hit the streets and we turned it around. And no, 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 no. Let me tell you what they thought, in my opinion. We marketed the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We came at them way too harsh. They like relegation and promotion. So our next shot at it will be giving back to the lower clubs. We'll put that into the marketing. We'll say that we will definitely every season give back to the lower clubs as we they did. They said that in the marketing, it was still bullshit. But, but there was no, but there was no mention of relegation and promotion, and that is what they've lived on for hundreds and hundreds of years. There was no mention of it. It was we're leaving. You're not invited. That's what it was. So they will come back. They will make sure that women are included. They will make sure that minorities are included. They will make sure that relegation and promotion is, is, is included. And it will happen. I, if, if we all get our dream and our wish, the Glazers will leave. But there's no telling who's going to come in next. Could be a sheik. It could be some other crazy oil billionaire. And, that and, and that's a whole nother discussion for right. a whole nother podcast. So I just, I just don't want fans to get it diluted. They don't give a crap about you. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that they spoke out and they were protesting. I loved it. But I, I'm telling you guys, they do not care. And you can be delusional if you want to. I'm not hopping on that train. I'm a fan of my clubs, football teams, hockey teams. I love all of them. But I'm not deluded. They don't care about me. They could care less about can what. I, can, I, can I tell you about a story of? of so you, you're you're right. You know, the owners don't care about their about their their supporters. They just care about the bottom line. They care about the fact that they have money. Fun all these supporters. You know about the San Diego Chargers, right? Yes, they're gone now. Are they in Vegas now? I think they're in L.A. And then L.A. See, LA. But supporters ain't going to L. San Diego Chargers fans aren't going to L.A. Me, me, it's, it's a two-hour drive to LA, but we're not going. Go ahead, go ahead, because uh, I, I have something to say to that. Yeah, uh, my, my my point was just that you know the, the Dean Spanos moves the team from San Diego to Los Angeles, you know, leaving you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of supporters down here in San Diego high and you know uh, clamoring, what the hell is going on? Yes. Dean Spanos is like, "Fuck you guys, I'm gone." We're not coming up to LA. It's only it, it's literally a two hour drive. I made the drive from San Diego to Los Angeles uh, a couple of weeks and weekends last not this past weekend, but the weekend before. You know, I and I'm doing this that drive more and more and more. I ain't going to. I was never going to go to LA for a, for a Los Angeles Chargers games because they were not the San Diego Chargers. I'm not going to follow a Los Angeles team and under any circumstances. And, and I, and so something that you said. Let me let me finish. Well, sorry, you sorry. said that if Manchester United moves from say Manchester to let's say you know London, I ain't going to follow London United, Red London United because they're not Manchester United. Everything that they established in Manchester since the 1980s or 18, 18, 1800s are right. gone, washed away, clean. They're a whole different club. This is what happened with Wimbledon FC. They moved from Wimbledon to Milton Keys. They gave the fuck you to the hundreds and thousands of supporters in London that went to Plow Lane every match. Gave them the fuck you. And they moved 80 miles north to Millen Keys because they were going to build them a 30,000 seat stadium. No one cares about Millen Keys. No one cares about MK Dons. They're seen as a, 
as a franchise club. They're seen as an American-style club because of the fucking shit of an owner. I don't want ever. I don't ever want to see that happen again in Europe. I don't ever want to see that happen with an English club. Club. I don't want to see supporters get their entire lives, their money, thousands of dollars thrown into this club, go by the wayside because their club decide, their owner decides to move their team two hundred miles down to London. Don't ever want to see that happen again. I don't say. I don't understand how anyone can get behind that. The the reason why they're going to have to is because cash is king and they don't have to continue to support the club. They can leave and they can either support a different club mm-hmm. or just not watch football at all because they just think it's, they know, sorry, not think, they now know that it's money driven. The kids that grow up from five years old all the way to wherever they have that dream at nine, they might be able to make it. Those kids are going to want to play for those clubs, whether they're in London or they're in, that's LA. not how it works in I, England, though. People listen, clamor to play listen, for their local listen, clubs. People listen, follow their local clubs because Dakota, they can go there and buy to match tickets for 10 let, quid. Let me ask you a question, Dakota. If if Marcus Rashford was born in Manchester and, and raised in Manchester, right? Mm-hmm. But Manchester United wasn't the, the cash cow that they are, and the LA Galaxy yes. were. And the LA Galaxy were able to pay their payers 350 grand a week, and they could give his boyhood club a couple million so he would come. Do you think Marcus Rashford- It doesn't work that way in England. It doesn't work that way. Dakota, hold on. Dakota, just hold the phone because I'm thinking thinking forward. You're looking at it from history and today. I'm asking you a question. History is today in England. People, no one's going to clamor to go play for Los Angeles. No English kid is clamoring to go play for Los Angeles Galaxy right now. Never. Not in the next 30 years. Major League Soccer will never get there anytime soon. I get what you get. LA Galaxy was like the Los Angeles Dollars. They were the biggest club in their sport. It doesn't work that way in England. When you're a boyhood, when you're a kid, Playing, playing, playing at school, going to school, and then you go to the ground, they'll kick the ball around. You clamor to play for your local club. That's where you start at in the the grand scheme of things. But what I'm saying to you is where do all all the best players in the league in the world go to play baseball? Where do all the best players in the world go to play basketball? Where do all the best players in the world go to play hockey? Where do all the best players in the world go? They go where the money is. So I'm not, I understand what you're saying today. Those MLS clubs aren't even close. I get that. But my point to you and every other person in the world is those players who they have these boyhood dreams. Do you know why they have those boyhood dreams of playing at United? You know why the history is so rich and so deep is because that's where it began. That doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. And I think people have to start looking forward and stop looking at where we were and where we're never going to go. Leagues start 150 years ago. They're not going to they're not going to ever compete with a a club right now that's only 25 years old. Of course, you're absolutely right. But over time, as as cash continues to be king and money rules, those kids, when they get old enough to sign somewhere, they get what's called an agent. (laughs) And then the agent says, hey, son. We're going to shop you around the world, i.e. Holland right now, flying all over the world. Is he from Manchester United? Absolutely not. But I can guarantee you this. If Manchester United came calling for him at the right price, he would go there. So I don't want to hear this, oh, it's never going to. You don't know what it's going to do because you don't know where the market's going to go. You have no clue. 
So I think people, again, get it into your heads, fans around the world. It ain't about you. It's about the money and the dollar bills that these TV ads, because remember, there was no fans in the stands. You think anybody made any money? Did Manchester United make any money this year, guys? They lost (laughs) money. Yeah, they made money. They made money this year. They did okay. They didn't do great, but they made money, and that's what it's about. And so I love the game. I love watching it, but I just, I'm not one of those people that gets caught up because I've seen my own franchises move from Montreal back to Houston, back to DC now. Those are clubs. I, I love the Nationals and I will support them from Oklahoma. I will watch them play. Actually, they started in Arlington. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. I, I think people just get, they get it so twisted with sports. I get it. You, you should be passionate and you should want to love it and then the history of the game. That's great, but don't get it twisted that your club now in these in these days, it's not about you anymore. It's just not. It's sad. Right. But that's the reality of it. I'm gonna. Well, it's, I'm, it's, I'm it's gonna, never Dakota, been. I need, a... I need you to sit down real quick. I need you to sit down because y'all been talking for a long time, and I need to <laughs> say my piece as well. Um, Go for it. EC is correct. EC is correct uh, about cash is king. Cash is king, and you are correct. EC. And there's nothing, you know, nothing us, us as fans, physically can do about it. You know, protest, all that bullshit. You know, I wish Hunter was on. Chelsea, y'all's fans out there, you know, Peter, great today. Peter Check coming out there and saying, please give us some time. Bullshit. You know what? I didn't mean shit. I, I mean, in my opinion. And you see, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're on the same page. <clears throat> Gary Neville coming out uh, on Sky. Um, Gary Neville and Carragher coming on Sky, showing their disgust, showing to the fans that this shit is not going to work. You know, it's not going to happen. And, you know, showing their disgust. And finally, we had an ex-United player that has a balls to speak out against Woodward and the Glazers. That's what I'm very happy for. I mean, Gary Neville. It's kind of a little Gary Neville's been speaking out against Woodward and the Glazers for God knows how long. Not really, dude. Not not in the, not like he did. Not like he did. Uh, not, not not to the extent he did in the last no, couple of days. Exactly. You're right, but last he has night, talked against talked about. Yes, he, he literally said out yes. loud they need to leave yes. the club, which and was so, which was amazing to me yes. that he said it on Sky Sports, which is a, a, a program that pays him that also is just as corrupt. As everything else, but go ahead, Jesus. I'll let you go ahead and keep going. No, 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 because you get you get to Sky the corruptness about Sky. Um, don't get don't get it. I mean, every every United fan. I mean, yes, our, I mean hashtag Glazers out, and it's that that's the the new logo. Um, EC, I'm sorry, but you've been kind of if you if we were gonna vote, obviously uh, my us and myself and Matt have voted. I retweeted it. All right, okay, good. So we're all on board. That's going to be the new logo for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the new logo for, um, for the time now. It's going to be the Glazers out logo uh, with the there you uh, go. the green and the green and uh, green and yellow uh, instead yeah. of the instead of the black and or black and red. Yeah. So, and then and then like just for the shirt, I'm wearing a green and gold yeah. variation of the surfing Fred, you know, to this podcast. And we have so, a v- green and gold variation of our crest, of our of yeah. our, our club crest, and then we obviously have green and gold surfing Fred. 
So we, um, we and I've been waiting for please, a situation can, can like this to but blurt it out. But gosh, go ahead. Um, but where us as United fans need to actually take a look in the mirror, and 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 we need to. Are we going to still buy merchandise? It, as long as, I mean, we all know the root cause of this problem, right? The Glazers are the root cause of this problem. Look yourself in the mirror. Right. If you're going to buy trademark apparel, whether it be scarves, jerseys, uh, kits, whatever you want to freaking call it, hats, whatnot, you need to look yourself in the mirror. If, if you are really about this and about to make change, if you really want to make change, you need yourself to look everybody in the mirror and say, Am I gonna, you know, am I gonna put money in, line the money in the Glazers' pocket? Obviously, you know, TV contracts here in the United States, we have Spectrum, you know, we have, um, you know, Dish and whatnot. So that's already monies that we've already put in pockets of these people. TV contracts are king, and that's the only reason I think that uh, they, the, the these uh, these owners shit themselves because NBC, Paramount, or C or A or uh, CBS, whatever you want to call it, ESPN. We're saying that, eh, no, you have already contracts with us. You ain't leaving no Super League. Uh, Paramount, CBS have has a Europa League and Champions League, and on a platform. I hate it. I hate the motherfucker. I'm having to look at a freaking um, a, a shitty ass game with shitty ass announcers. You know, mm-hmm. on freaking pla- on Paramount TV. You know what I mean? ESPN, shitty ass game, shitty ass announcers. I have to actually watch the FA Cup on ESPN uh, Plus. Pay for that. NBC. I pay for NBC with Hulu. And then now Peacock comes in and fucks me in the ass. And then I can't watch no, you know, I mean, I have to watch, you know, United matches. I have to watch that. So it's just, it's just shit like that. Don't, don't get it twisted. Like Easy said, it's this, it's the money revenue generating TV contracts that made the difference. I'm pretty sure. I'm very positive that's it. Because you know what? I mean, like 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 you like said, they're going to be people from uh, outside United going to buy tickets in the United matches, and that, that's that's it. Uh, you know, true United fans. You know, if they want to make a statement, they'll say, you know what? I ain't going to watch United anymore. You know, they'll they'll do what uh, happened in '92. They'll like watch another match. I, I, I want to let I want to let Dakota get get his off because I want to respond to what you're saying. Go ahead, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, cash is cash is king. Just, you know, we we both said we all three of us said that we know you know contracts are king. You know these owners are making billions of dollars. You know from Glazers on down to the cons with Fulham. You know we just we we all know that. Um, whether our own money, whether it's we go to the mega stores and buy jerseys or we go buy the scars directly from the club or we go buy match tickets, you know, that's that money impacts the club in a lot of different ways, more than more so than others. You know, my money, uh, if I go and buy a Norwich jersey, you know, and a scarf, that money is going to have more of an impact on how Norwich operates then if I buy that same jersey and that that same scarf from you know Everton or buy from, from Manchester United, you know, so you have to you have a point in a sense of you know you we 
spend our money, you know, on, on these clubs that we, you know, buy cool things. And because, you know, we like this club, you know, a lot of us buy, don't buy this club, the idea that, that we're supporting owner. We buy this owner, we buy this merch because we love the club. We That's love the what the club stands for. But let me finish here. Yeah, I, 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 I know, I know the angle you're gonna get at, but let, so I, I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll approach that. Yeah, you know, we buy the money, we buy the merch because we love the club. We love the history of the club. We love Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez. We love David De Gea. We love, um, you know, our, the players on the club, and we want to support those players on the club. And the way we offer our support for the players on the on the club in the history of the club, and what the club stands for from its roots on to and, and you know its success is we buy their merchandise. Yes, it does go into the pockets of the Glazers. Yes, it helps fund you know go it it funds other things you know some potential some shady some otherwise. So. I don't think it's going to end. I think, like you just said, fans are going to continue to buy tickets. Fans are going to continue to buy merch. Uh, we can look at ourselves in the Miller and, Miller and say, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? But you also have to, it's it's also a chicken the egg. You know, we want our clubs to be successful. We want our clubs to go out and spend money on, on new players to win titles, but they can't win titles and, but they can't, you know, buy all these players to win tiles if we don't give them our money whether it's through merchandise through our our eyes watching these matches it's a chicken and the egg i'm, I'm with you i i understand where jesus's point is but I'm, I'm with you i if i if i like something i bust my ass i work hard i'm gonna go buy it <laughs> it's like I, I i just bought tick i just bought you know a couple of pro jam shirts yeah my pro jam shirt you know pro, pro jam makes me head of a head over fist eddie verder probably lives in a fucking mansion up in seattle <laughs> you know it's not going to make a difference but i buy the shirts because i love pro jam pro jam is my favorite right. band i want to offer my support for that for yeah, that right, band they, they fought to the man against Ticketmaster for a bit so Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I can go on a tangent on that, but again, different podcasts altogether. I, I, I agree. I think Jesus has a point, but I, I'm with Dakota. I love. I mean, if you, if you guys get a chance to see this, I hope you guys do. Look at Dakota's room. That's what it's about. That's awesome. That's <laughs> it, that's sick. I think that's sick. I think that's tight. That like, he has the banners. He has the he has the scarves. I think that's awesome. I think that I think that is what it's about for people. And if that's what makes you happy, he's a good dude. He's an honest cat. He works hard that's what he wants to spend his money on. I think that's awesome. I think that's what it's about. So I get what Jesus is saying. There's nothing false about it that we should boycott things like Chevrolet and we shouldn't buy their trucks. And I get all of that stuff, but I just feel like people have to say, like I said earlier in this podcast, if you work hard, man, and you are an honest person, like go buy things that you want to buy. Like if, if, if it's where your kids don't eat and you have to buy a United shirt, then check yourself in the mirror at that point. But I don't think it's a bad thing to buy a shirt. I, there was someone that made a point the other day. He said, well, I don't buy any kits because these Americans buy the scarves and they buy the hats and they buy the, you know what? That guy can do one because that's my choice. That's what I would like to do. And that's what I'm going to freaking do. So I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like that part of the argument. I understand where Jesus is coming from, but I just think it's unfair. You're just putting money in the Glazers' pocket, too. You can't really be right, But I don't out. think I'm going to, the, I don't think I wake up in the morning and go, how can I make the Glazers rich today? I don't do did. that. I mean, and did. I understand that's where it's potentially going, 
but that's not my point. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm initially waking up or thinking with my credit card to do. So I get what you're saying. And that's why I'm saying your point's not, it's not off or wrong or stupid. It's not, it makes sense. But I just think that if you work hard and you want something, you ought to be able to go ahead and get it. And, 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 and I, and I, I, like I said, I know that people will still continue to do that. I hope that they do. Um, Cause I love seeing when I walk around and I see the banners when, whenever United comes to the States and I see those scarves, that's freaking awesome. I love that. So I hope people keep doing that. I hope people keep, you know, showing their, their love and starting clubs like Dakota did. I think that's what it's all about. I think that's awesome. And I, I kind of leave it at this. Um, if you don't want to support United through Jersey sales and their scarves and go to matches and that's, that's totally fine. What I would recommend you do, I'm not saying this because I run a supporters group, but I'm also saying this because I want to help and, 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 and give help to the other supporters group, is support your local supporters group. Yeah. Go to the matches at the pubs with them. Go hang out. Go buy the, go buy the, go buy the beer at, at the pub. Go buy their food. Eat their food. That's going to that, – that, when you go buy their T-shirt – you know, yeah. I'm not going to pop up. You know, these shirts are available for, for 20 bucks, and we also have scars for 25. dollars um, <laughs> But my point is, you know, go buy their scarves, go buy the t shirts, because that's what you, if you want to go, if you want to look at something local, that is local. That's going to benefit your local supporters group. That's going to allow them to do amazing things for the local, you know, supporters and the local so soccer community as a whole. Yes. That's also going to benefit your local pub. You know, get, we, we're, we're still in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Bars and restaurants are closing every day yeah. because of this pandemic. No matter yeah. what you feel about the pandemic, you know, we these these establishments can use all the money, all the support that they can possibly get, you know. Go, go go to the pubs, support the pubs, support your supporters groups, because they're the ones that ultimately you have the better effect on, that you can actually have a say in. It's like the you, you it's like the you, you live in a city. You go you go to your town hall meetings, you know, you 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 offer your um your your ideas and suggestions because you so going there is gonna have a better impact than you going to Congress, you know. Are yeah. you going to you know, your congressman and trying to talk to the president of the United States? In our case, it would be the Glazers or Edward Ward. You know, our 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 voice, a single individual voice, will not have any impact on Edward Ward or Joel Glazer. However, your single voice can affect how supporter groups run. That only brings in ten or twenty people for a given match. Support those people. Support your establishment because you're gonna have a your voice is gonna be louder. I love it. And we your money it. is going to have more in effect than at it. Manchester United. I love that, man. Thank you. Preach. Preach. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna, we're gonna end on the, the last question. The, the, like I said it before, Joel Glazer, his name was the sign at the bottom of the, that, that letter. And the Man City posted on their, on their, you know, their page. I'm pretty sure Liverpool did. As well as Tottenham, uh, Arsenal. What are the ramifications that we see going forward? Because we had several players, you know, Bruno, um, Luke Shaw. We have also several players that are um, have not resigned contracts. 
what are the ramifications of the failure of this power move by Manchester United? Yes, we Ed Woodward's out at the end of the year. R- r- rumored, right? To do, I mean, he has. Well, it, it's announced. It's already announced, announced. by the, at the yeah, end of the year. He's the gone. Year, right? He's out. Yeah, he's out. He's of out. Here. Um, still have the Glazers. Still have a shit show in upper management. What are the ramifications on transfers, especially for the summer, and what we need to bring in? I I feel that, in my opinion, I feel that it's going to be more so. Manchester United is going to be the villain of 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 the league. Uh, not like Liverpool. I think we'll 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 end, exit this this fiasco with more mud on our face because the fact of that we have shit owners that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, and we're gonna and they were the, you know, them and Florentino Perez, and I mean I think he's still already rumored that. Um, he's already stated that uh, I have it written down here that the all the teams that signed up are still legally bound to the contract that they signed. So this dude's, you know, this dude's gonna go down with the like the Titanic, blaze of glory. This guy, Florentino Perez. So I mean, what do we see? I mean, in your all's opinion, is it gonna affect us with our current players and also players that want to come here in the future? If we still have the same upper management, if we don't have a plan put in place to say, you know what, we quell the 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 you know the the, the shit the the firestorm that's already happening, the shit show, and we you know we we you know we talk to Bruno, we talk to you know you know uh, Paul Pogba. I mean, I I know he's probably jumping out of his pants that I said we need to talk to Paul Pogba. Uh, we need to say, you know what, hey, this is our plan. This is what we're gonna do because I don't think the players currently that are under contract that are want we want to resign are gonna do that if the current management structure is still there. What are y'all's thoughts? You mean owner or you mean manager? Ole I'm talking about owner. I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about owner. I'm talking about everything, man. I'm talking about every. I mean everything from the owner down because I think that's the. I mean, I honestly I think that's seriously been the problem for us. Is the upper management structure? I mean, Louis Van Hall's not a shit manager. Jose Marino's not a shit manager. I mean, David Moyes, okay, we can obviously, you know, you never, you, you never, <laughs> want to, and we can all agree on on uh, on David Moyes being a shit never, manager for you. Never, I mean, you never want to be. The <laughs> that's guy. a fact. That I think we all in agreement, right? Yeah, we never want to be the guy that follows the guy. You know, what I mean, you poor David, just, you know, one of those <laughs> things, David. right? I mean, poor David, right? Uh, but you can't say that, you know. I got no uh, sympathy for Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking twat. <laughs> but, you know, you can't say that uh, Louis Vajal, even though <laughs> playing style is boring. You can't say that, you know, Mourinho and then Jose, I mean, I'm sorry, Ole, you know, is given this, all this stuff is because of the board and is because of uh, Ed Woodward. Not, not because of you know them themselves. They 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 you know they put their list in there. They, they this is the needs and they their needs have not been fulfilled and it sucks. Go to you want to you want to go first, go to. Uh, sure. Um, whether the European Super League has any bearing on signings, I honestly think I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. Um, I'm pretty confident at this point in time 
uh, the upper management would be Oli, added Woodward, uh, the Glazers, um, Darren Fletcher now. Um, they already have a game plan on who they're attacking during the summertime. They already have probably done initial contacts for um, at the agent of those players. So a lot of things are probably in motion by now. I don't think a whole lot of that's going to change uh, on that front. Um, in terms of the existing players, um, I think the players kind of know where they stand out of things. I think they recognize that their voice mattered in the grand scheme of things. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise to me that they, you know, continue to voice their opinion on um, this on, on the European Super League and the potential down the road. Like you guys have been saying, you know, maybe 10 years down the road that this does get broached up again is possible. Um, I don't think anyone's going to specifically want to leave Manchester United because of all this. Um, at the same token, I don't think any of the players are surprised. Uh, and honestly, through all the developments, I neither am I. I'm, I was never surprised that the European Super League uh, actually bubbled up in the manner in which it did. Um Going forward, though, again, there's still the rumors that the Glazers are looking to sell, that the whole idea of them selling was the after effects of the European Super League. Um, I believe I saw a stat two seconds ago. There it is, that United's currently in about 452 million pounds of debt, and they're, they're trying to leverage on the initial uh, injection of the ESL money to either pay off some of that debt or put some of that money again back in their own pockets. Um, so I don't think it's going to have any bearing on the transfer market um, and uh, both uh, on, on the short term. Now, long term, whether or not United again is sold by the Glazers to whomever else, whether it's a Sheik or you know, a South Asian conglomerate or an another American. We just, just it, it, it's this is a very fresh. It's still very fresh, still very new. There's still a lot to come of it. You know, we kind of have to have to let it play out, um, right now. Um, but I don't think it's going to matter too much short in the short term transfer market. I don't think anyone's going to leave. Um. I can see it being an issue with other clubs. Now, Tottenham owes almost 600 million pounds through the uh, the building of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It may affect them a little more, considering that they're not as active in the transfer market as a lot of the other big clubs in England or even a lot of the other big clubs in Europe. So that injection of money would have mattered a lot more. Um same thing with Barcelona. Barcelona has a lot of short-term debts that are payable that need to be paid very, very soon. Um, they're very close to being financial insolvent very soon. Real Madrid is currently going through a rebuild of the Bernabeu. Uh, they can use the money. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure where they're at in terms of financial, uh, whether or not they can spend a lot of money or not in the transfer market. I can't speak on that. I can only speak on Manchester United. Um, but I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot in the grand scheme of things in terms of the transfer market. I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot going forward with the players that we have now. Uh, obviously, it may create maybe an effect on the ownership because now they don't have money that money anymore. So they may 
a may sell the club um, for whatever money that they, that they can get. Um, now, long term, again, you you guys spoke of perhaps you know the European Super League maybe rebranded, restructured. Um, don't know about any of that. Um, but I just don't. I I. I I think it's going to be looked at in the grand scheme of things as a blip on the radar to the owners. Um, um, for all the owners, but for Man United, it again, it's it's hard to say. It's just there's so many moving variables. It's really hard to say. No, I, I agree with that. I agree. I don't. I don't think. I don't see too much changing. I think if if, if United is still able to sign these you know, lucrative weekly contracts uh, to, to new players coming in. Um, if they can do business and, and get rid of, you know, I think, you know, rumors of Paul Pogba possibly leaving, you got Justin Lingard turning it on, you know, he, he could possibly be gone. Um, I'd love to see him have another crack at it, if I'm being honest. But, you know, I, I, I don't think anything's going to change. I think Dakota hit it on the head. I don't think they're going to slow down. I think they already know what they want to do. I think Ole's probably laid out, you know, his top, you know, players that he'd like to go after and, and try to get. Um, obviously we know he loves Holland. So that's, that's his, one of his dream uh, picks to go get, but I don't think it slows things down. I think these players all talk. I think, I think Jesus brought it up earlier in the pod. I think Harry Maguire called a meeting. I think they all kind of understand, look at if, if, if they're going to allow us to, cause this is our employer. If they're going to allow us to tweet and, and, and put out reports that we're not on board, um, which they did. Um, I think players from the outside looking in are going to say, you know what, those guys have a voice. They, they're allowed to voice how they feel, even though the owner is the one that essentially is trying to start this new league. So I don't, I don't think it's going to detract anyone from wanting to come. Um, it's going to be difficult, as, as Dakota said, for other clubs to do business um, because, of, because of COVID. Um, but I think clubs that can, um, you know, they're going to try to get players on the cheap if, if they can. Um, but I, I think it goes business as usual. I think it's four, two, three, one is, is going to be the setup. Um, I, I think all he's going to try to go get a center back. Um, I think he's going to try to go get a right winger. And I think he's going to try to get a, uh, a central defense, uh, defensive mid, uh, midfield player. Um, because it, and his dream would be to get a striker. I don't think he gets all four. I think there's about what 70 to hundred million is, is what the rumors are as far as uh, transfer spin. And I think they'll play right in that that wheelhouse, and 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 you'll see maybe one or two players come in. So um, don't see any huge changes. You know, I I think if the season were to end today, it's it's a pretty good success, pretty successful season in my opinion. I think if you could Agreed. win the Europa uh, Trophy, that just puts the cherry on on top. But but uh, to go from third to now second, you can't say that's not progression. That's progression. Um, that's what he's trying to do. That's uh, what he's set out to do. Um, and so I, I don't, I see it being as business as usual. I think the only difference now, I think they will have an American tour or, or some sort of tour, not American tour, but some sort of a tour after the Euros. Um, they'll have a regular preseason this time. Um, and, I, and I think you'll see with the regular preseason, I think you'll actually see a better United um, um, next season. I think it's very possible. I think speaking on, you know, again, again, ESL kind of going by the wayside and just kind of moving on from that. I think I'm, I'm in, I'm in agreement. I think that there are, you know, pressing needs. We need a center, we need a left-footed center back. We need a holding midfielder. 
um, that can that can move back and you know back and forth. Uh, it can be a playmaker. Uh, we need a right winger. We need a center forward. Um, those are already glaring glaring needs that, that have been evident for quite some time. Um, my angle is more so how the ESL affects all that. I don't think it affects all that, but going forward, those are the those are the pressing needs. Ole has guys that he wants. Uh, there's a list. There's a, I'm sure there's a transfer list that guys that he, that he wants to bring in. Just as much as I know, there's he probably has a list of transfers of players that he wants out. Yeah. Um, and then he has contracts to figure out again, namely Paul Pogba. Is he? He's he's gonna he's either gonna sign on the dotted line or he's gonna leave. It's no two ways about it. So, I mean, I, mean, um, I understand the naivete by, by both of y'all uh, regarding the Glazers. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, your optimism is, is, it's funny. Uh, but uh, we know Ed Woodward for what Ed Woodward is. He's on his way out. You think the Glazers, if they're still keeping Ed Woodward for, you know, because they're going to sell the club. And I think that, I think that that, that, that rings true. There's no reason that Edward does not resign, and they're keeping on to the end of the year, and that the the Glazers want to sell. So they're gonna they're not gonna spend any exuberant amount of money on anything. Um, they're gonna keep business as usual, contracts as usual. So yes, we might lose Paul Pogba, whatnot. They're gonna keep their costs low and their profits high. Period. Um, and this this in. It, and if you don't think that the the the, the um, our involvement in this in in this you know European Super League, um, especially with our owners' names on it, is not going to affect signings that want to come. I'm saying top signings. I'm not saying yeah you're going to want to get um, somebody from Wolves. Yes, there's going to want to come to Manchester United because we have the cash. I'm talking about top signings. Erling Holland, um, you know people that have. A confidence in our upper management, Murtaugh. I mean, this this new uh, director of football we have, Murtaugh or Murtaugh, whatever his name is. That's more about cash, though, isn't it? No, what? That's more about cash. If you're talking Holland or Kane, it's like 150. Wait, I, I think he's going at the angle of why would he come to a club where he was going up completely branch off and kind of do their own thing and be a complete cash grab. Fernandez does not want to sign a contract until he has assurances from the club that we're going to strengthen the club. That's a player that just barely signed last year. Just like EC, you said... But just did like you see, did you hear what Dakota said? EC, you just said the fact of that you know, the reason Paul Pogba, obviously, you know that you know he has the right to leave the club is because they never they never fulfilled their 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 end of the bargain on getting Paul Pogba the players he needed to succeed. Right. So, no, but I'm saying is your is your question more? My question is not. It's a statement, actually. So I thought you were asking us if we thought players would come with the same no. man. It's more of a statement. It's like with the dysfunction of what we have, of the shit show of what we have on in our ownership, and especially with Ed Woodward still being there, I don't think. And with the shit show with the the whatever the the ESL the European Super League, the egg in our face is so unbearable that players are not going to want to come. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I like I said, I, I don't think agree with that, that either. I, I think they have egg on their you, face. I'll bet you they, 100 bucks a piece. You want a bet? 
Well, what kind I'm of, not what a betting man, but I don't think that it's going to have any major bearing on the transfer. I think the the A is coming from the it's come the A's are coming from the supporters. The right. A's are coming from UEFA and FA and FIFA. Yeah, that's and and it's on their face, not on United's face. It's literally literally in that meeting the today. Sky reported the ownership. Yeah, you literally players, in that meeting do think, today. Do you think Bruno Fernandez is still want to play for the Glazers? That's what I'm saying. That, that, that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. In my opinion, I think they're two separate things. I think Bruno Fernandez wants to play for Manchester United. I don't think he likes how Joe Glazer operates at all. So I think it's two different things. If Joe Glazer is going to give Bruno Fernandez 250 grand a week, which he deserves and which he will probably get, Bruno's going to sign that contract or because there's not a lot of clubs right they, now that will give that to PSG comes calling at 250 grand a week. Do you think – He's gonna pick that's a different. That's a totally no, different situation. No, no, no. What a P, same same price. PSG or Manchester United? Where do you think? Where do you think he's gonna go? He's so, gonna stay at Manchester United. Why would he want to leave Manchester? You I haven't think, given him a reason to. I think he would stay. This is what I'm saying. This this is my, this is my point. I, and I think Dakota's hitting it on the head, and he's right. He's gonna want to stay. Now, let's say Manchester United starts to drop. Let's say let's say there's no Champions League. Let's say there's no chance of winning any trophies. Any player. Any great player is going to want to is going to look at themselves and say, when I'm when I turn 34, what kind of trophies have I lifted? What have I done in my career? And that's when they start to say, can I make another move? Where's the challenge? I get your point. You're 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 saying that you think that these players aren't going to want to be attached to Joel Glazer. They're not. They're attached to Manchester United. Joel Glazer pays them. So I think that you have to look at that. There's a difference between what you're saying or your statement and what's happening right now in reality. Like the players have said as much as they could to their employer, we don't like this. Like they've all come out and tweeted or said something. I know it's not the biggest thing in the world, but they said something and it lets other players know, Hey, we're not on board with what this guy's talking about. Like we're not with it. So I I think for me, Joel is has completely for me separated himself completely today from Manchester United. If he wasn't already there, I think it was already there today. It just cemented it. Does he still own the club? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no Manchester United player signs on the dotted line to play for Joel Glazer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no one does. No one does that. They just want no one. And and if Joel Glazer does something horrible and decides to stay on on the club, I just I'm not even gonna mention him. Does something really horrible and decides to stay at the club? Yeah, I can see a reason for clubs for to boycott yeah, and he, leave he the said club. Something racist, like the, the the owner of the Clippers a couple years. Donald back. Sterling. Yeah. Yes, I could totally see players that saying, fans, "I can't do this." But, but the fact that the, the what he's being a, a greedy owner, they're all greedy. <laughs> Owners, Daniel Levy's greedy. Who else? Did Paul Pogba take a picture with Ed Woodward uh, when he signed? It's all irrelevant. No, no, I'm no, sure no. he did. did, did I'm sure he did. That's great. Did, did, Paul, did Bruno Fernandez take a picture with Ed, uh, Ed Woodward when he signed? Abs- yeah. They have sure. To. They sure. have to take a picture. It, it, all, right, all right, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So yeah, you're not, your you're, you're not telling me. That these players, first and foremost, yes, you're right. Greed is, you know, like like Gordon Gecko said, greed is good. Greed is good. 
Play, yeah, players man. don't play for Manchester United because they, they want to do. take a picture right next to Ed Woodward. They, you know, exactly. would they play the no players now play for Manchester United because Manchester United pays them. That's it. I mean, the nostal- sure. the nostalgia. Some players of, do, yeah. No, no, the nostalgia of this bullshit that we this misconception of 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 uh, Fergie. You know, the, what we built at Fergie has crumbled, crumbled since since Fergie left. I, yeah, I and, actually and we, and we, so we, we throw money, I agree no, we with you throw to money, an extent. No, we, we throw money at players left and right, and we still can't get it right because you know why? Because we're overpaying people to you know to play for us. Period. That's the only do, reason. Do you know? That's the only reason do, we get players to come for us. Do you know the stories of oh basically uh, Jurgen Klopp and Jude Bellingham? Basically, why they turned down play, going to Manchester United? I can tell you exactly what happened. Well, tell me, please. Yeah, so Jurgen Klopp was approached by Edward Ward back in 2014 to replace um, um, uh, Sir Alex when Sir we'll Alex see. wanted we'll to retire. Too. He was given a tour of of Carrington, given uh, given the tour of Old Trafford, and the explicit, the exact words that Edward Ward said: uh, "Once if you come to Manchester United, it's going to be like Disneyland." And <laughs> and Jurgen Klopp said, "No, I did not." It was basically given a fluff tour. Uh, Manchester United by Edward Ward and Jurgen Klopp said no. Jude Benningham came was a 16-year-old prodigy from Birmingham City. He was given a tour of Old Trafford. He was given a tour the whole the whole nuts and bolts tour and you know show show them all the cool things about Manchester United. And they didn't go into any detail in terms of how they want to develop you as a player, how you'd fit into the club, both short-term and long-term. Didn't do any of that. What Borussia Dortmund did was they actually sat, they showed them, you know, they, show, they showed them the ground, they showed them, you know, training site, but they actually sat down with the kid and his parents, his father, and said, here's what we want to do with you. Short term, we want you to develop into this, this, and this. You're gonna play along these players. You're gonna be ter- you'll be taught how to do this. You're gonna be taught German so that you can speak the language. You're gonna be you gonna we're going to nurture and develop you into a world class midfielder. And this is how we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he signed for Borussia Dortmund. The we sell point? we what, try to point? sell these players and sell. What's your point? The the these these managers or the the staff potential staff members that old that Manchester United is amazing because we're Manchester United. Like you said, the the, the glitter isn't there anymore be, over time because play a lot of players either want to go to a team that will be, pay them a shit ton of money or they want to go to a team that they know they can make a difference that they feel they feel wanted at. Manchester United is a money and, grab right now. Let's put it that way. That's it. It's it. That, that's a, that's a club we're at. We're the money grab, and hopefully with Ole, with his youth youth revolution, and I really, I really believe in it. I really do. I mean, we've invested so much in youth, and we've signed so many youth players that I mean, we in this podcast, we've. I mean, you see, I mean, we always joke. I mean, we signed some kid out of freaking Slovakia, Ford, still playing in in his in his home country. I hope. I hope. Ole's vision for the future is what Sir Alex did with the class of ninety two. Um, but I hope so too. You know, but I, mean, but I think this, we all but hope. This, but this, yeah. we're bringing players in. It's a money grab for a lot of players because the nostalgia, 
the nostalgia has already wore off. I mean, that's it. It's it. I mean, the 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 the, the trophies in 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 um and at Carrington, the, um, the the dust settled already there. The, the I mean, Man City is a built. I mean, this I hate to fucking bring it up on my podcast. I mean, not my podcast, our podcast, but. Man City has built a freaking empire right now under our nose in the past, what, nine years? Under Manchester United's nose, they've built, they invested, they invested in Manchester, obviously on the east side of Manchester, they've been, they invested there, and then they've always, they've spread New York FC, they spread to Africa, they spread to South America. I mean, Manchester City is now rivaling Manchester United in global domination and that should never happen because they have no history but you know what player people right now don't give a shit about history they don't yeah, but it's difficult to replace her like Ferguson one and two no, this is, you this see, is the not, best you know, let me the finish best. they don't give a shit about history Play people right now don't give a shit young kids Florentino Perez came out yesterday and and, and, and wanted to say about this, this damn super league that they're losing freaking uh they're losing um, viewership from from uh, the age of fourteen to thirty-two because the game is too slow and blah blah blah. blah and that's how well it's great. You know, I, I think that was, I think that was just I mean, different. I, I I know what statement you're talking about. I don't think it was necessarily related to the ESL. I think yes, you were speaking Actually, on more so trying to lo- try yes, try to change the uh, the the time the the the, the uh, try, I think you were talking about trying to bring down. The clock of of the matches from ninety minutes to sixty minutes, he and then was, change, he, he was to, to have the clock stop every time it goes out or every time there's a goal score, that type of thing. You were speaking on more so that more than the ESL, but the premise still stands. And also, I think it's difficult to replace an absolute legend, the best coach it ever. How many? Correct. No, no. You see, how many matches are we in? And so when you do that, yeah. what winds up happening is you run into a situation where coaches try to live up to where we were. This is the best that it's been since he's gone. So I'm not – I understand where you're at. You want – it's over. It's gone. I, I get all the doom and gloom. What I'm saying to you is this is the best that it's been in quite some time. So what I would like to see from last year where we were third, this year we're second, what's the next step? The next step is to challenge for the league. We're eight points off, I, I think, right it. now. But that's so what I was getting at, though. So I think, ultimately, players that are at this club right now, we've got some good ones, we've got some great ones, and we've got some that are probably need to take off. And, that, and, and that's just the reality. If you look at City, who's going to win the league, they've got a bunch of good players. And they've got a bunch Their of Their entire players. second team can probably be a top-four t- exactly. team right now. Exactly. So we're we're trying to build. I think Ole's trying to build that. Let's give him some time. He pisses me off too. He drives me nuts. But let's give him some time. Let the project grow, and then and then we'll see where we're at. I think that's the best right now, in my opinion, that we can hope for. I'm happy with the season. I thought we we're gonna finish third. Mm. Beat my. I, I will say it's been a very wild ride. Remember at the very beginning of the season, we all thought Everton and uh, and Aston Villa. So win the league, and then Tottenham has a run of games, and we all thought Tottenham was going to win the league. Yeah, and then Tottenham falls that. off a cliff, <laughs> and then we somehow <laughs> fall in the first place, and we all thought we we're going to get twenty one in twenty twenty one, and then we kind of fall off a cliff, and then we yeah. kind of rebounded, and yeah. then City kind of comes up from the ashes, and now they're just running away with it. Yeah, all right, and, and, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yes, 
I'm not, I'm not going to cut you off. Hate to cut you off easy, but I really want to get to the next, the next, uh, the next point. Cause we're already running on short in time. Um, 420, 420, 2021. And I know, I, I don't know why you're laughing, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing too. Cause now you're asking what he called Dakota out. <laughs> he's, in San he's in San Diego, man. You said 420, man. It's like, okay. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the date and they're more reverent. In a more reverent manner. That's all I thought you were trying to get high. No, God damn. No, 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 no. no. Let EC, him proceed. You <laughs> see everybody out there in this this universe that we have of a, a Manchester United universe. I just want to say, 420 is a, probably the most monumental day that we can um, that we have we've had in this podcast. Um, the death of the, I guess we could say the European Super League happened today so rapidly. Happened from Sunday, midday, Sunday, our time, to today. All right. And then we have, obviously, with the um, Derek Chauvin um, verdict. He uh, found guilty on all three counts for the murder of George, George Floyd today. I mean, whatever your opinions are on the, the, the trial... It's progress, in my opinion, to um, social justice, and um, I hope everybody agrees. But I want to, I want to, I want to read true because EC brought it up a little while ago. Uh, Shaka Hislop on ESPN, you know, was very critical of the UEFA and FIFA about the, you know, the actions uh, against, you know, the Super League, how quick they were. Um, but against social justice reform and um, racism um, within the um, all leagues, you know, you see, you know, you, you said it, you know, you said it most. Um, their ten game match about the guy from uh, Slavic, whatever freaking some Slovenian freaking country um, against the um, against the uh, Arsenal player um, only got ten matches. Uh, we we talk about these these topics on on our pod and um, Dakota if, if if you're uncomfortable with this I mean no keep talking man keep talking um, we 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 like to talk about this stuff because um, we are one football world you know it's a football world we talk about United fans in all countries of the of 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 this planet every foot of this planet we're all you know we all love football so um, today is. You know, um, today is a um, historic day because we've, um, you know, we've, um, not we've, you know, hopefully as a society, yes, we have achieved some sort of um, social justice kind of going forward to, to minorities um, that have, have been uh, discriminated against um, uh, the law enforcement. And we, we see that day, uh, week in and week out. With each league, I mean, I think they, they you know, they performed their uh, tribute to the, uh, George Floyd and God rest his soul uh, when they kneel down um, in, you know, at the beginning of matches. Uh, but today is 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 a great day. But like Shaka Hislop said yesterday, um, it's it kind of is uh, a stain on, like Easy said what 
UEFA and FIFA can do when they actually have the money against the wall. I mean, the, their pockets were at um, at uh, were you're being picked, and they they stood up and they you know got government bodies involved. But yet, when something the players that um, that are united on, they just they just kind of like sit on the fence. So that that's a problem that I have with uh, with FIFA with the UEFA is the fact of that, that they can't you know they can't get on this you know on this train of social justice reform, and but yet when their pockets are you know are um, affected. Oh man, they they run very quickly. So I just want to get y'all's opinion real quick. Uh, tell me what y'all think. Tell the podcasters what you think. And uh, you know, that's just that. I just wanted to bring that up. Dakota, I always defer to the guest, brother. If you want to go first, or if you want I'll me go, to, I can. I'll go first. I absolutely go first. Um, Black Lives Matter. Um, I'll say that to the cows come home. Um, I think we as a society tend to pick and choose our battles um, in very peculiar ways. Um, I First off, today, it's not so much social justice. So justice was served in a lot of different ways. Justice was served um, with the European Super League, obviously, going showing its demise. Justice was served today with the murder of George Floyd finally seeing justice. Going to see behind bars. He's going to be behind bars, basically, for however long. We don't know how long yet. Justice was served there. Justice was served today when when Black people around, around the United States saw the verdict and saw that, you know, that it showed the police that you cannot just put your knee on a man for seven minutes and 46 seconds and get away with it and kill that man. Justice was served today in a lot of ways. Um, we do, we do, life is interesting sometimes. We, we pick and choose our battles. We pick and choose our battles based on what's convenient to us. Sometimes you kind of have to get back, get out of that realm. Sometimes you have to go do something and be somewhere that's not necessarily convenient for you. As a white male American, I recognize that I do have privileges that are being announced to me that a lot of people that do not have. I'm not looked at, you know, going down the street. I don't have, I'm not looked at with a weird eye saying, you know, is this guy going to go in a store and rob a bank? I don't have that happen to me. It's never happened to me and it never will because I am a white male American and I recognize that. I'm not going to, at, at the same token, I recognize that, you know, there are people that, don't have it as well as me. Yeah, I live, I live, you know, I live pretty well. I have a great, I have a very good life right now. And there's a lot of people who don't live the life that I have for various reasons, social reasons, economic reasons. And I recognize that I acknowledge my privilege in that realm. And as, as soon as people recognize that they have specific privileges and that certain people are grown up, that they don't have 
the capabilities the, the to achieve a successful life and that we can help and it's and the sooner that we help build those people to so that they can have successful life as soon as we we remove a lot of this prejudice that we that a lot of people have towards specific classes specific skin types overall the better will be sometimes it's not it's it's not comfortable for me to say that it's not comfortable for people to be for a lot of people to be taken out of what out of their comfort zones sometimes we do have to be taken out of our comfort zones to open our eyes and see the realities of the world in which we live in a lot of people call that the red pill i don't know it's what it is at the same token though we need to be better as a society. We can do better. We can be better. We, I know we can be better as a society. Sometimes we just need to open our eyes to exactly what's going on in our world. Understand the, the injustices that are going on around our, around our world. Black people are dying at a faster rate than any other people in the United States. People need to recognize why that's happening and then make strides to end that. You know, it's it's uncomfortable for me to say that again. It's uncomfortable. I'm sure it's uncomfortable for the listeners and for everyone else to to have to hear that. But that's the that's the realities of the world we live in. What are you gonna do about that? What are you gonna What are you gonna do about that as an individual? Are you gonna stay in your comfort zone and live your live your life and as if nothing's going on? Or are you gonna get up, stand up? go 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 out on the streets and fight for change and or, or you know it's uncomfortable for you to do that but sometimes we have to do uncomfortable things for the betterment of our society as a whole that's all i have i i think that was very well said yeah. um dakota and especially coming from a white dude because more <laughs> white dudes need to speak out like you did and i and i think it i think that is uncomfortable for white people but the fact that you were very relaxed and said that i thought that was dope so thank you for saying that i thought that was awesome um i i completely concur i think it was a a great um uh verdict today um i think everybody felt that way i think anyone that watched the video felt that way um and so you know I'm, i'm i'm hoping that his family has a little bit more uh peace if you will i'm sure that it doesn't it's not going to bring him back. George is, is gone for them forever. So it's probably still going to hurt, but this is a, a small victory, if you will, for, for that family. So shout out to, to that family um, for that verdict that they got today. Um, because that was, I think that was needed for everyone. I didn't, I definitely, I, I think I text Jesus and said, I don't want to see any more riots. Like I'm, I'm tired of seeing people destroy stuff. I'm tired of seeing all this, you know, madness in, in this great country. It, it's, 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 it's saddening. It really is saddening. So I, I was glad that it went down because I knew how it would have went had it gone the other way. Um, you, we will probably not be doing this podcast. We probably all be watching the news, um, seeing streets being yeah. being burned down. That's probably what would have would have wind up happening. So, so I'm glad that that happened because I don't I don't want to see any more of that. Um, UEFA has egg on their face again. I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, they came out immediately and said, you know, you'll be banned from Champions League. And FIFA came out and said you won't play in the World Cup. Um, but like Jesus said, and like I said earlier, you're going to give somebody a 10 game match ban for, for being racist. Yeah. What job can you be racist and come back to? 
you guys let me know that job. I, I don't I don't think it's out there. So okay. there's several in the south. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're not busting the south. I mean, I live yeah. in the south, but we're not. So I I just I just think they put that into perspective for me. And and it doesn't matter. I mean, just like Dakota said, you don't have to be a black person for that to affect no. you. You you can be an a, a good person that should affect you. That should make you think a little bit about the governing bodies that exist to see how quickly once money was involved, they said, "Hey, we we gotta we gotta shut it down. You're not gonna be able to do this. We gotta get the government involved. We gotta we gotta we gotta make sure that they don't mess with our pockets. You can be racist, <laughs> but you can't mess with our money." So, I I just. It, it it sat with me really heavily. That was my my major takeaway for me of this whole thing. Um, I, I, me and my wife sat and talked about it for a while actually today because I love I love football. It's probably one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, but when you see things like kick it out and you see them kneeling before the games, you see you see all this stuff and you're thinking, man, that's really cool. They're letting them do all this stuff. But then when something goes down, they don't they don't act. Yeah. Right. Because I can guarantee you, if it was a rule that if you were racist to someone, if you called someone out of their name or you chanted racist things and they said, we're going to kick you out, you wouldn't see it anymore. You just wouldn't see because you're taking away the livelihood of that man or woman who's playing that game. So I know social media is a whole a, a lot bigger. It's a bigger issue to deal with because people can create, you know, burner accounts and say whatever they want. But if you know that that man or woman is making a decision, a choice to to say these things it's totally different from a player who is selected to a club that potentially might be in a super league they're not they're not making that choice they're just a part of manchester united they're part their their owners make this decision to be in the super league so they're dragged into that right that's not their fault so you can't punish them for that so i i just i just think that you know both all three parties have egg all over their face it's really sad um more people will speak out about it I've I've already seen a couple of forums of people saying things. I think you, I didn't get to hear what uh, what Shaka said, but I'll I'll look for it on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, but some other players I know have have already spoken out. I've heard some other podcasts um, speaking out as well. So so people will continue to put pressure on their necks. That's what they need um, in in order to to make a change. Um, you you see it happening in the in, in the NBA. Those guys they see something on TV they don't like. What do they do? They just say we ain't gonna play today. And I can tell you right now, to Jesus's point, that's how you affect change. When the players say we ain't playing and ain't nobody gonna see no show, that means no money, right? So they, they I don't think soccer has that yet. They don't have a LeBron James uh, per se yet. No, dude. It seems like uh, it seems like uh, with the captains meeting that they're 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 talking about with the. the uh, what's the thing? Uh, Jordan Henderson was kind of the catalyst yeah, the of all that. that. They um they talk about the captain's meeting and then um, the players speaking out. I I I if this went through, I really do think that next week's matches, this weekend's matches, would have probably been set out. I I honestly think that. That's my well, I would have been surprised if there was some sort of yeah. walkout by the players if this yeah. if, the, if the if the ESL continued in this direction. I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been surprised. I'm sure I'm sure that was even discussed. Amongst the captains, I would have been floored. I'm I'm still waiting on soccer to have that football. Sorry, to have that person. It's and it's difficult. It's not easy to be high profile, LeBron James, and and speak out. I know people think, oh, he's he's just doing his thing. It's difficult. You lose sponsorships. Oh, yeah. You lose money. It comes out of your pocket too. So 
I, I applaud. I didn't know that. So I appreciate you guys saying that. I'll look into that more. I didn't know Jordan was was leading the, the front. But I hope that they do eventually get that person, boy or girl, that can speak up and say, hey, this is what we're going to do today because this is the decisions that they've made um, from a racial or from a financial or from you know a standpoint where it's not fair and inclusive to everyone. I I, I would love to, to see that in football. And so I guess closing, finish this out. I just, I mean, I hate to cut you off, BC. You're fine. Um, we're um because we're up against it. Um, why don't Afro Afro European Afro American Afro whatever I mean black players? I guess I mean you want to say it. They want to make a stance, like you're saying, like Jordan Henderson said that you know they're they're having a captain's meeting. You know, sit out a couple of matches. You know, and all leagues across all leagues. You want to make a stance. I mean, because I mean, the best players, think about it. Mbappe, Neymar, I mean, he's I mean, he's Afro-Brazilian. Um, I mean, the best players in the league are, Af- you know, African-American. Or not African-American. Have, I mean, they're black. I mean. I, I think it's just about being that first. It's difficult. Yeah. I, I don't think it's easy. I think we, me and you and Dakota, yeah. you know, it's easy for us to say, why don't they just... But I, I think there is a lot on the line. That's why I really do applaud. I, I, I may not be the biggest LeBron fan, but I really applaud him and others who step out, I, and Dakota said, and have those uncomfortable conversations I am a, and, a big and have those moments. I'm a big, so I, I just think it's going to take that one person to do it. And then once they see, well, we're not going to get sacked and we're not going to lose our salary and maybe we won't lose an endorsement, I think maybe you'll see more of them. Because, mm-hmm. again, they do take a knee. They don't have to take a knee. Some of them don't. So – I think there are small things that are happening, um, but I think to your point and to Dakota's point, um, that, that hearing that now, I, I I would have been I would have been floored to 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 see them just say we're not playing. I would have been shocked. But fair play to them if that's what they were going to do. Football right now needs for the social justice aspect. I think that you know you need to have that LeBron James. You know what I mean? Huh. The Mbappe, the Neymar, the the. You know, because, I mean, LeBron James, I mean, he's his own empire. I mean, the dude's probably almost worth a billion dollars already, you know? So, he, you know, he has, he can afford to. Over Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, he's in yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. Right? Well, Jordan Hitchin talked, was, I, was, I was more referring to Jordan Hitchin talking about the ESL, getting the getting the captains together to to um, kind of uh, to uh, oh, yeah, say yeah, we don't yeah. like the ESL. But, uh, go ahead. No, no, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, but yet. They can bring they can bring the players together to involve themselves in a discussion about you know uh, the ESL, but yet mm-hmm. when they have Afro you know Afro and black players on their team, they can't bring them together to say you know what hey we're gonna not play this match. You know what I mean? It's just, um, it's just yeah. The, the, it's when it comes to social you know the social reform about. Police brutality, racism, I mean, which happens, what, week in and week out? You know what I say? Uh, on social media, it happens even more frequently. Day in and day out. Um, you want to take a stand? You want to take a stand, you know, and you want to do your part? Don't show up to matches. You know what I mean? If we're, I mean, if my, if my, my teammate, if my, the guy that I bleed with, the guy that I sweat with, the guy that I, you know, I mean, 
you know, have this, you know, if you cut him open, has the same blood, red blood running through him. I mean, he's getting the shit that, you know, he's getting on social media or mm-hmm. from the stands or from you supporters. You know what? I, you know, I'm not playing. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's what this week with um, this ESL thing has showed that players can unite, clubs can unite for a common cause. But yet for, when we talk about this social justice reform and against racism, why can't they do the same thing? Football needs a Colin Kaepernick moment. Yep. Remember back in 2016, it was a preseason game, 49ers against Chargers, and I was at that game. Colin Kaepernick basically sat on the bench during the playing of the national anthem, and that turned heads. Everyone was asking, what in the flying fuck is Colin Kaepernick doing? Football needs that moment to say, I'm going to interrupt something that's crucial to the to the grain of football and take a stand on something that in which that person believes in, whether that is a black individual or whomever is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But they need that they need that Colin Kaepernick moment that will turn heads and create a movement. That's what the, that's where the kneel started at through Colin Kaepernick. We he actually had a conversation with a United States Marine and asked what would be the best method to Honor. still acknowledge the national anthem, but show that you, you want you have a specific stand that you want to protest against against. And this Marine recommended the deal. And that is where it all started. That's why you see Premier League players kneel down before every match, before the kickoff of every match. That's where it all started at. Football needs that moment. I don't know who it's going to be, but they need. He, but, but that moment needs to happen in order to really get something, you know, get really social justice, um, anti-racism, really started. Kick races about the whole campaign. It's fine and dandy, and the kneel down that's going on, and the the Black Lives Matter patches. That's fine and all dandy, but what difference has it actually made in the grand scheme of things? Nothing. None. Exactly. It's not a governing body. It can't do anything. UEFA can. FIFA can. They're not going to. So I I, I agree with you, Dakota. I think it does need a moment. They do need that moment. Um, but it, it, it's it, it's good to have those those campaigns. So I know Dakota's not shitting on those campaigns, I, and I and we're not either. I'm just saying they can't do as much as a governing body uh, can do, and they've proven. They've they've already said. You know, Dakota talked about earlier about passion and and, and wanting to play for certain things. All these guys want to play for their club, their, for their national teams, all of them. And to take that away, I just thought you got to be kidding me. But it didn't. It did, again. I just went back to well. Why would they say that? Well, they're saying that because you're, you're you're messing with their money. So they they UEFA again and and FIFA. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know what it is with those guys. It's 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 nasty guys playing with more nasty guys playing with more <laughs> nasty guys. So um, I I hate to do this, guys. I got to get off. I got to get I got to no, get ones in bed and stuff co- like we're, that. We're, we're gonna close it out real quick. So stay on. Stay on real quick. Uh, okay. Dakota. Thank you for coming on. Uh, put, Absolutely. You know, you know, put your socials out there real quick, boss. Yeah. So, yeah, I help run Red Devils San Diego, uh, at Red Devils of SD on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
Um, our website is reddevilsofsd.com. Uh, if you're in, ever in the San Diego region or uh, you live in San Diego, all, uh, all of our Premier League matches are at Shakespeare Pub, uh, the home of English soccer in San Diego. Uh, come say hi. Don't ever be a stranger. Um, uh, we have a really great community of supporters. Uh, watch the matches. And then we have some really great forums and uh, um, board and, and a chat that, you know, we all get together. Most of us are friends. So we just chat, you know, about the club and we chat about just anything else that's going on in our lives, which is really so, cool. So if, but, if, yeah. If, if we want to go to the pub right now, is it physically open? Shakespeare Pub is open yeah. indoors and outdoors. You can dine in, watch the match, watch any right. match you really want, which is awesome. Uh, what's cool is San Diego, really the state of California is kind of slowly reopening. Um, I know June 15th, they're aiming for a complete reopening of everything. So um, we're on the upswing, which is great. All right. That's well, awesome. maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. the, maybe the journey podcast can swing by there this summer maybe maybe i might I absolutely i'd love you know let me know when you guys come over i'd love to bring you over and you know buy you a couple beers nice uh, you need you're gonna need a big bank account for my ass that way. Right? <laughs> i said a couple beers uh, don't be cheap don't be cheap Dakota. come on now i, I don't i'm, I'm not cheap. thousand miles but ec <laughs> ec it's always great to you know great to talk to you uh, we didn't get Matt's. Uh, I told Matt to give us some commentary, but unfortunately, he didn't. Did not. But I know he's. Um, I know he's. You know, excited. We all should be celebrating today, guys. Ed Woodward. Finally, we're getting rid of that guy. Now let's see the future of this club. Obviously, again, we talked about you know the the great news we had for you know you know George Floyd and everything. Um, Four twenty. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, we a little should... bit of extra little celebration happening, yeah, maybe. Extracurricular activity, just saying. It is legal in California, I will say that. <laughs> Thank you, Dakota, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, everybody, Thank you for having me. I appreciate in it. Southern California, um, say hi to you know, every, if you're anytime in Texas, say hi to Big Texas Boy. Uh, EC is in uh, Oklahoma. He's a, uh, you know, he's uh, he's doing his thing. Uh, EC, tell everybody goodbye. Yeah, uh, Dakota. Thanks again. We definitely have to have you again. Um, you always bring it when you come on. So we're gonna anytime have to have you back. We are super super appreciate it. Um, good talking about everything, guys. It was a good conversation. Yeah, awesome day today. Great. I think we can all kind of. Breathe. I was like, breathe. Awesome. Yes. Breathe a little bit. I think. Um, I know I'm going to. I'm still going to listen to all the stories that are going to come out because I'm sure that we're not completely done. But I, I'm about 99% sure that it's off. So we can all breathe a little bit. That next year we'll have a regular prim season, and um, and and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to the rest of this season and rest. I'm looking forward to lifting a UEFA League uh, champion uh, trophy. And uh, yeah. And I will right speak. I will speak for myself. Uh, until the Glazers out, I'd rather, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. By Emiliano Zapata. So um, that's going to be the slogan, hopefully, for the podcast coming up. Because we're um, until the Glazers out, uh, I will not give up. Uh, we will not give up till that's uh, that's over with. So um, thanks for everybody. Uh, 
thank you from Rogue for the Rotos podcast. A Hutch Ice Sun from the South Texas Trainwrecks. Victoria Months of Ice from Alice in Food Trucks. And Axe Daddy's Throw House. Uh, go check them out here in South Texas. Um, they, they have a great um, uh, great thing. And Lucky Diaz, where you at? <laughs> Guys, 